in a gas station with 20 bucks specifically for her at games like there's no way you're walking out of there with $20 worth of hurricane malt liquor and you're not gonna get just blackout drunk there's just no way abs in a six pack <laughs> hey. oh oh welcome <laughs> so today's episode what should we call it? It's the recap episode, the right? Or the, the recap uh, episode. Or abs in a six-pack revisited. Update episode. The update episode. Yeah. The update episode. Yeah, so uh, excluding all the guest interviews we've had, like, without the guests, we're just going to go and kind of revisit some of the topics we touched on. Maybe we have some new information or some new theories. Um. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's the plan. Yeah. Stay in. Think, things keep happening. You know, time keeps moving, and uh, and 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 if we don't update you, you're gonna get you're gonna fall behind. Like the Big Lebowski. Exactly. I've got new information, man. New shit has come to light. I need a bathrobe and sunglasses. I'm, that's all you need. Yeah. That's what hair. I always picture you're wearing, Chris. Like 100 percent of the time. I'll be honest. I mean, honestly, you should be wearing bathrobe and sunglasses for at least two of the podcasts. I have been wearing a bathrobe and boxers. Nice. Usually that is when I've been up all night doing research and pulling clips and just like didn't bother getting dressed. Man, you don't need an excuse to wear a bathrobe and boxers in your own home. It's true. Oh, yeah. That's your space, man. That's where your freak flag is supposed to fly. Like I said <laughs> on the way over here, I'm naked 50% of the time in my own house. What is your own? Oh, yeah. Same here. It's just how, else it's you just how I do things. So uh, we started off kind of the last episode, the Faust and Furies. We mentioned kind of in the beginning rogan's move to spotify mm -hmm. and the fact that we scooped him and got on spotify before he did because we're better than joe i mean basically yeah oh yeah we're trendsetters baby. Of course, <laughs> we didn't get paid any money to no, get dude, put on spotify no, the hundred million dollar check from spotify is in the mail i've been talking to him. it's on the way yeah gotcha they just gotta wait to balance their books before i can cash it well, I, well, I, I want my 33rd of that uh, <laughs> that cash, I have new theories. I talked to Caleb about this a little bit um, over text. So yeah, we talked about how what Alex said. Like Joe told me to say all this. He was ranting to me on the phone. He said, "What what am I allowed to say? What's on the record?" And Joe said, "Say it all." So um, apparently, Rogan's at war with YouTube. Rogan later came back after we recorded that episode and said, "I'm not at war with YouTube. I'm not at war with anybody." But he did confirm that Alex called him on the phone. Oh, wait. Alex called him? Or, sorry. Joe. He called Alex. Oh. My bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he okay. confirmed that he called. He contacted he Alex. He called Alex, yeah. And okay. said he had a long... Because even on that same episode, he's like, yeah, I was talking to Alex on the phone, and he told me these are like some new untested version of RNA. I looked it up. It was true. Or the vaccines, like... Uh, which, is where, <laughs> which is where this clip comes in. And then we're taking things that are, you know... 
genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So awful. So yeah, Bill Gates, any laughs about it? Uh, so yeah, um, Bill Gates, we'll get into that later, but because that is one of the recaps we have to revisit. I mean, it's just sick. But, yeah, so, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that confirms Rogan <laughs> talked about it or talked to Alex because he confirmed it on the podcast. They even talked about vaccines, but mainly they talked about Rogan's move to Spotify. So I have two new theories. Um, one, of why not only that call was confirmed to have happened, but why it got taken down from InfoWars, Bandup Video, News Wars, and all of Alex Jones' sites. He took down the articles about it, the video about it, and the full episodes, because there was two episodes broadcast that day where he talked about it. All that just got wiped, even the full episodes which I've never seen happen before. So one theory is this. Wait, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Does Alex have an official statement on why he took down those videos? I haven't watched the last couple of days, but I'll be on the lookout. Okay. Yeah, he took down the articles, the videos, everything. So, okay, here's one theory. And I ran this by Caleb a couple of days ago. What if you were friends with Alex Jones, you had just made a deal, and you were mad at YouTube, and you're drunk and high, you would probably, if you were friends with Alex Jones and like, practically had him on speed dial you probably call alex and rant to him and just like talk shit with him especially if you were messed up so what if what if rogan was drunk and high or just drunk and had this long conversation with alex and then the next day was like oh shit plausible very plausible i can see it i that, that's i mean honestly that's what one of us would do if we got famous <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> if i was friends with alex i'd be oh, yeah. calling him every time i was messed up in some kind of way right i'm just saying that's what we do with each other if we got if if, if you know multi, we got achieved some sort of level of fame if you just if you just switch places i mean that that is a very oh, yeah. plausible theory that could happen Right. Oh yeah, I'd be getting blasted, and I'd it's the second I got upset, I'd be calling you guys. I'd probably try to get some other people involved, just have a huge call, just be like, "Listen to what just happened to me," and just going off about it. Right. 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 Okay. Here's theory number two, and it could be a combination of both theories. Theory number two, because we had a couple theories in the last episode, but I this these theories came to me, and was uh, from. Will, also, who I was talking to, had this theory, and I kind of elaborated on it, but what if Joe, at the time of the call, said, hey, say all this on air, publish articles about it, make videos about it, whatever, but in 24 hours, just remove it all, and he told them that, he told them that up front. Oh, to, like, build hype around it? Yeah, and then also just, yeah, there, is, there could be multiple reasons, but... um it could be a strategic move as well because it's then like he's on the record and he gets the message out to especially Alex's audience. So he wins Alex's audience over a little bit to help him facilitate the move to Spotify. So they're coming with him. But also it that way it's not like technically on the record because it all gets wiped afterwards. And it just kind of is a troll, a great troll because it builds to the suspense of what's going on. I think you're and close to the money, man, uh, to be honest. Like, can I give my thoughts about yes, yeah. about because I was not involved in the last conversation that you guys had about this and listening to it, I couldn't help but start yelling a couple times. Um, <laughs> I think, OK, so in, in, in the negotiations between Joe and Spotify, who has the power like in those negotiations? In my opinion, Joe does. Uh, Joe's the one who has the show that is basically the mo like most popular show in all of America and all, all of our culture, mainstream media, that kind of thing. He's basically becoming mainstream media when it comes down to it. I mean, 
Um, he's bigger than he's, right. he's, he's reaching more people yeah. than, than, you know, mainstream media does. So in those negotiations, I mean, all Spotify is, is a distributor of content. They're just one of many. Joe could have gone to anybody. He could have gone to Apple. He could have gone to iTunes, you know, Apple Music, and, and done the exact same thing. Probably even gotten more money from them because Apple's actually a profitable company and makes a, a shit ton of money. So um, in those negotiations, Joe's going to be able to basically set the contract kind of however he wants, in my opinion. That's how he got Alex Jones written into the... I mean, if Joe got Alex Jones written into his contract with Spotify, I mean, that that's a, a huge signal that he has all of the negotiating power in that situation. So I don't think it's an, uh, an indicator that Joe has sold out. I think it's actually uh, him fighting back. Basically, he was doing... Uh, he was ha already having to limit himself on YouTube, and he didn't have a contract with them. He was getting, you know, some money from them, but I'm sure not anywhere near as much as he could have gotten, you know, if he had his own uh, distribution channel or a, a contract with another distributor. And they were demonetizing most of his videos. Exactly. Plus the YouTube version doesn't have any of his ad reads. Which, sidebar, is why he limited himself from commenting on Fauci and, you know, and, and Bill Gates and a lot of these other things. Because he's already seen that, you know, the tides of YouTube uh, removing anybody who uh, goes against the narrative on those, you know, the uh, uh, important cultural things going on right now. So, according to Alex. So why would he do the exclusivity part of it? Why would he be like just Spotify? Why wouldn't he still be doing all platforms if it was no, nobody's going to pay like nobody's going to pay you to Spotify. Nobody's going to pay you 110 million dollars if you don't it's, if you don't give him something. I don't think it's about the money. He uh, probably um Alex Alex said that Joe says he's taking a pay cut. To, he's taking a pay cut for this in some aspects cuz I, th I think he's getting he's he's getting more freedom to do an exclusivity deal and he's actually I mean he's getting a lump sum of money all up front. You're saying 100 million dollars is a pay cut, but come on man, 100 million dollars like uh, maybe not all up front. He might get it just broken up over the 3 year contract, but it's also a temporary contract. It's not like it a all, lifetime contract. It's it only all comes three, down like three to years. what is written in the contract. Exactly. What Alex mm -hmm. said is the straw that broke the camel's back for Joe and why Joe called him ranting and raving is because YouTube was telling him, no, this medical doctor that's highly prestigious, you are not allowed to have him on. And they now, were saying that, stuff like that. Is that real, though? Does YouTube actually get to tell Joe who he can and cannot have on? His they show? don't get to, but YouTube is part of Google. And I mean, they're just the most one of the most power hungry companies they, like I've ever seen. They, they would try to go for it, I would say. I mean, like, yeah, you're but trying how would to tell they him. actually go about that? Because it, all they could do is take the episode down. But then it would be very clear that they took the episode down. That would piss off Joe and his fans. And it would just be a it would clearly show that they had a bias. So I think they yeah. might have tried to discourage him. But I, I don't think they actually could have yeah, the power to tell yeah. him, hey, you can't have these guys on your show. I don't think they would do anything so blatant, you know. Well, yeah, that's yeah. probably why. Rogan's Biden is time if Alex is right. But hey, keeping my theories in mind here, uh, I think that you almost had it right when you were talking about what, that last theory about Alex and Joe. Um, I think Joe probably called him and told him, maybe not being messed up and, you know, drunk and stuff, but I mean, he could have been completely sober, called him and t told him all this stuff, told him to go on air and, and say all this stuff, and then also called him a day later and told him to take it down because it, I mean, it to me that looks like a classic, like a uh, leak or something like that. The the deal well, I, doesn't close until the end of twenty twenty. 
you know, he could basically like, you know, I, give I like, him this information, leak it to the public, let everybody who's worrying about Joe selling out know that he's going to basically have more freedom when the deal closes. Until then, he can still be like penalized by YouTube by going against the narrative and stuff like that. So, and it will, could get rid of his chances to, uh, make the exodus if they just ban his whole channel because he pisses YouTube off. Exactly. Then he's not going to be able to like post videos saying, hey, come over here. This is where it is now. I think Joe's smart, man. I think he's doing similar stuff to what like one of us would do in his shoes. Yeah. The, um, I like better than him calling him the next day. And saying take it down, I like the theory better that he told him at the time of the call, "Hey, put this up for a day, then take it all down." It's possible. I could but actually I see like... that more than calling him later with like remorse or regret or just being like, "Hey, oh, take no. this down." Oh no, because it's, that, it's... like that that drives the 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 infowars audience towards it too because they love that kind of stuff. Not think, like, not think about it this way. Episode up and he takes it down. He's never done it before because Joe Rogan told him to. You know, no, think about it this like, way. Think think about it this way. If if Joe tells him up front that he wants him to take the video down later, he might be more reserved or he might not, you know, have that original energy that uh, oh, no uh, he way, would have no if, way, if no Joe way. gave There's him buddies. the information and, and, and told him he had given him an exclusive cut. If it, you know, he said, Hey man, I'm giving you this exclusive news. I've not told anybody else. Everybody's writing articles about me right now. You know, you're going to be the one to release this information, you know, and then a day later tells him just to take it down because he wanted him to leak it basically to his fans. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's possible. It's the same result, whether he told him at the time right, of the phone right. call Doesn't or matter. the next day nuance. It seems like it would make more sense if Joe was actually planning this out, that he would just tell Alex at the time of the phone call to take it down the next day. Right, because yeah, that way he Alex knows. Would be down for it. Yeah, and that way he knows it's going to actually get taken down because Alex said he would. If he waits till the next day, Alex might be like, ah, "I'm not taking it down." Yeah, yeah, that'd be weirder than just telling him up front. You know, if you call him the next day and be like, "Hey, I need you to take that down," Alex would be like, whoa, 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 "Why didn't you tell me in the first place? You could just tell exactly. me that we're good friends." Yeah, nuance exactly. doesn't. I mean, not a big deal, but it's same result either way. But um, it's all pure speculation. So anyway, any yeah. final closing thoughts on the Spotify thing? Or you Joe wanna... did not sell out, in my opinion. I'm glad he chose Spotify because that's what I already use to listen to stuff. I would have preferred that he, he created his own channel and do some sort of a value-for-value yeah. value model like No Agenda because, I I mean, obviously Joe Rogan's Or just fans created are... his own thing and kept his advertisers. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Drop the advertising, yeah. Yeah, in but... my opinion. I mean, preferably, yeah, but like, um, well, that's what he's going to get to do with Spotify. He's not going to have to do the, the same ads if he doesn't want to, you know, like, the, yeah. I mean, that, that might be part of the whole thing with the, the Spotify deals that Joe doesn't necessarily because, I mean, Spotify doesn't have ads for premium uh, users. Like, there's no ads whatsoever. It's so. like Hulu. If exactly. You're going to have ads on Rogan's podcast unless you pay for Spotify. Exactly. And the only ads you hear are ads from Spotify, not Joe Rogan's ads or ads on his show. It just would be cut into the show like a commercial break. Yeah. But that's why we're better because one, we don't have ads and two, <laughs> we don't even take donations yet. We're just doing this Dude, for free. I'm not, I'm not saying we're better. But I, honestly, we don't have <laughs> a lot of time to love, we don't have a lot of time it. to talk about this, but I think one of the most interesting things about the whole Joe Rogan Spotify move is not whether or not he's selling out or whatever the fuck. It's what how this is going to impact the podcasting industry in general, because it shows, it proves that there is massive money in podcasting, like, you know, massive lump sums of money. Well, so <laughs> for maybe the top half of well, 1% still, I mean, of I've, Dude, I've seen 
buttloads of articles being written about the podcasting industry and like Forbes Business Insider, like all, all sorts of different things. Fox Business. Uh, everybody's commenting on this right now because, I mean, it's it is huge. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but that means it's also an oversaturated market. I mean, we're doing it for crying out loud. I mean, yeah, yeah, but any but, oversaturated yeah. market levels itself out eventually. So right now it's just kind of uh, it's a free for all right now. It's in the stage of just throw the poop at the wall and see what sticks. Right. So it's going to level know. itself out and the money yeah. will be found. I think that like there's a lot of potential money out there for it. And people like Joe Rogan, no agenda. They've showed that there is money there, but no one's really exactly sure how to get it yet. Well, I'm almost talking about not just the industry, but also how it affects culture in general, too, because it seems to me like, you know, this this whole uh, concept of podcasting and being an alternative media becoming mainstream media, you know, pirate media becoming the thing that people go to to basically uh, get their news and their information and their entertainment. You know, I mean, I think that's going to affect culture in the, you know, in, in a massively positive way. It already is, you know. Yeah, yeah, already has. Um, that's why I'm trying to censor it and shut it down. But anyway, uh, I forgot. Yeah, we got this last clip. This is, we, we played the beginning of this last episode, but here's uh, a little more on that Rogan Spotify thing, and then let's move on. He was being offered these Spotify deals six, eight months ago. He wasn't going to take it because he's making $50 million a year, what he's doing. But when YouTube started censoring him, and then he starts getting on the phone with the YouTube execs, and they're telling him, like he's a dog, it's that spirit that's going to save us where people just stop caring about, because if you don't stand up for what you believe in, you lose it all. It doesn't even matter. So, you know, uh, and I just begged him. I said so much privately we had dinner, you know, last year in California. I said, man, I said, Joe, I know you kicked my ass right now. You're just as smart as I'm a spotter. Attack them. Be the man. Go after them. He said, well, I'm trying to convince them. I, he was meeting with all the top people. They brought him into all of it. He said, I'm trying to convince them to bring you back. I know they lied about you. Alex, believe me, they're not that bad. I can convince them. He finally realized it's war, man. These people are needle dicks. They want to dominate us because they know we are more powerful than them. And we like leave them alone. Oh, I'm more powerful than you, but I'm going to let you exist. No, it's social Darwinism. The chicken dick wants to run us. And so Joe finally gets that the big tech and Google wanted to get its cock out and run it in his ass. And I'm, it's a family show, but this is what this is. And he finally <laughs> completely broke with them. And this is the most archetypal. I can feel it metaphysically. I can see it intellectually. This is like the Death Star blowing up in episode four of Star Wars. I mean, it, it's extraordinary at multiple levels. And I think what he also recognized and realized is what the example they were trying to make with you was the example they were going to try to make with everybody who either even merely allowed independent thought to be heard. Even if they like didn't have Santa it. Anna thought killing everybody at the Alamo would make us back down. Okay, so starting right here in this clip, if you watch the video, Alex Jones legitimately starts having like tears in his eyes and he's like em legit emotional, like not acting. Like about the Alamo? It, it, about, well, right, just listen. You, you can imagine Alex like actually like legitimately emotional like <laughs> exactly it's very much the mind it's that same historic mindset mentality they thought killing spartacus would make people roll over what's wrong with these elites that they think this well because most of the time in their minds it works in other words that usually the voice doesn't get loud enough or strong enough for that voice to be to resonate and reverberate around the world and they don't get the population always creates a champion oh exactly 
And the the uh, Joe was simply both too sincere and too good at what he did to ultimately suppress him. And then he leveraged that power for the benefit of everyone else after. It's that right decision that has me so excited. Oh, absolutely. It, oh, my God. Is that well, not Well, it's not sexy? just a right decision. It's a righteous decision. And so the, it, it's a decision that's right at multiple levels. And it's a righteous decision because he could have done other things that would have made but him more money. But it gives me hope in this dark time. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it is a independent Thomas Paine-type voice in a time of colonial empires. It's the same kind of action, the same kind of mindset, the same kind of mentality that people can see through example, not only experience an independent Joe because Rogan. Because you but haven't backed down, I haven't backed down, but I get how Joe waited till he was number one and then he didn't back down. That's smart. Oh, it's very smart. It's a very savvy. He waited to leverage his influence to do the right thing when he and had the And then he told me tonight, I said, Joe, all right, no, I said, you want, you want me to say you've declared war on YouTube? And he said, yeah, man. What do you think? Uh, well, I think Alex was a little too intense there for me to believe everything he said. Um, Possibly, yeah. He's just the personality type that stretches the truth too much. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, it seems very much like, I mean, he really seems like he's sucking up to Joe. And I mean, here's a, here's a theory we haven't really discussed too much. You know, he talked about, you know, having a clause for having him on the uh, the show and stuff. And what if he's just really, really just 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 kissing up to Joe right now because he wants to be on the show as much as possible, on the Joe Rogan experience as much as possible once it's not on YouTube? Because that's how he's really going to be able to get out there. I mean, you know, honestly, if he made audience, up all this shit. He could shit. reach a whole, whole level of new audience once he's, I, if he's getting hurt on Spotify. I think if he was – if he was – like, Noah, I think this is what you were about to say. If he was yeah. drastically misrepresenting Joe, it would hurt his chances of getting on. Right. Yeah. Joe, yeah, Joe would kick too. him off. Yeah, Joe would say, like, hey, dude, fuck you. <laughs> Put words I in my mouth. That. Well, anyway, so um, that was it. And that's definitely not a family show either. That is no, it's not, not. A show for the whole family. We'll get it. Oh, dude, we'll get it. Okay, yeah. We'll come back to I got um the Alex clips are heavy today. That was the update on Spotify, Rogan. Uh, just because I figured we start with that, just because that was the last episode off the top. But now going back to episode one of MK MK Ultra, I have one clip, and it's not even necessarily about MK Ultra, but it is about what we touched on in that episode, which is Operation Mockingbird, where the CIA it was declassified that you know they had paid television reporters, paid journalists. A lot of the media was on CIA payroll, and they were planting stories. Getting talking points. Yes, but before that, you know about the church committee? No, no. what's that? So in 1975, Senator Church headed up an intelligence committee looking at the CIA's um, control over the media. And uh, here's part of that um, from 1975. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal. We do have people who submit pieces to other two American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks? This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, 
getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into an executive session. Do <laughs> so that's a yes. Mm. <laughs> that's a deflecting of the question. Yeah. Uh, do you have anybody working for television media that is paid by the CA? Well, I think we need to talk about that behind closed doors. So, yes. Because if it was a no, he would just say no. But yeah, I guess just um, if you're somebody that still trusts the media and you're listening to this, look into the church community, committee, look into Mockingbird and tell me that that stuff isn't going on right now. Still. Oh, for sure. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to the national news services, AP and UPI. Well, again, I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, that I'd prefer to handle in executive session. I thought that it was a matter of uh, real concern. This is uh, Senator Church talking right now. That planted story is intended to serve a national purpose abroad um, came home and were circulated here and believed here because uh, this would mean that the CIA could manipulate the news in the United States by channeling it through some foreign country. Now we're looking at that very carefully. It's scary as fuck, man. But the thing, the thing I don't get is like, why don't we have more whistleblowers? Like, if this kind of stuff is going on, like actively in, in, in at a massive scale in, in today's day and age with the internet and information, like, why, why are there not more people like leaking information and and having principles and like a fucking backbone? Like, uh, just I've project, actually got a theory about that. Well, real quick, Project Veritas alone has had dozens of journalists from CBS, CNN, and other places where they say, yeah, we regularly plant stories, and they've got secret camera footage of, like, people say, admitting that they, like, make up shit about Trump and whatnot. So, but yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead, Kill. All right, What's my theory? theory about why there's not more whistleblowers is because most of the time, <clears throat> when you have a story that's worth blowing the whistle on, you're committing treason. If they want to prosecute you, if like the people that you're blowing the whistle on don't go down, you just committed treason. So you're basically it's either blow the whistle and potentially get killed by the country you're trying to expose for doing something wrong or just keep your mouth shut. Right. And keep your nice government job. I guess you're right. That's totally fair. Julian Assange and Edward Snowden would be uh, very good examples of that. Well, so yeah, yeah, things didn't. Assange wasn't even a, an American Right. Not a whistleblower at all. He was a journalist, but he still is in jail. Uh, but Bill Binney and um, William Drake are original NSA whistleblowers over a decade before Snowden and the FBI kicked in their door and they ended up actually beating the FBI in court and outsmarting them. But um, that, if you haven't seen the movie, A Good American, the documentary about Bill Binney, that's a really good place to start. But yeah, uh, this is kind of a good teaser for our upcoming episode all about whistleblowers. So that'll be good. Definitely. Okay, so that was episode one, little short recap. Episode two, the cocaine episode. I got one, this is from uh, this year, the uh, drug tunnel they found, longest one in history coming over the southern border. 
And this is our first look inside the longest drug tunnel ever found on California's U.S.-Mexico border. Good evening. I'm Steve Atkinson. And I'm Lindsay Pena. That discovery was made just half a mile west of the Otay Mesa port of entry. 10 News reporter Mimi Alcala is joining us. And Mimi, no arrests have been made and no drugs were found. No arrests have been made, no drugs found, Lindsay Steve, but at the time of the discovery, the tunnel that the portion that extended into the U.S. was actually blocked off at the surface, so it didn't appear to be in use, but still authorities believe it was used to smuggle in drugs for a really long time. We do have some video to show you from inside of that tunnel. San Diego Border Patrol agents are calling this a high-level narco tunnel. It was finally exposed in late August after a multi-year investigation, and it's very highly sophisticated, too. It includes an elevator, complex drainage system, high voltage electrical cables and a lot more and it stretches over three quarters of a mile from Tijuana to San Diego. So that's a pretty highly sophisticated drug tunnel. Not saying definitively it was the CIA, but I mean. Oh man, the cartel is just as powerful as the CIA. Like the cartel is to oh, Mexico yeah. as the CIA is to the U.S. So. Almost, oh, yeah, and yeah. they worked together with the CIA for decades, so they oh, both yeah, help so each other out. They're pals. Mm -hmm. It's a joint thing. When there's money to be made, there's money to be made. Yep. Well, this one might uh, take a little more time uh, going from episode two to episode three. Look, got a little recap on our Trump versus Biden conversation, but not so much about Trump or Biden as much as what we touched on in the episode about Bernie Sanders. Because what's Bernie up to these days? Shilling for Joe, man. Yeah. And spending all that money he got for selling out. Yep. And just tweeting about how uh, there's a racist in the White House. But Joe's it's not sad, racist. Man. Joe's not racist. Ah, no. Anyway, so yeah, I liked this. this. These are longer, but um, I know you watched this, Noah, but yeah, Jimmy Dore went on the Rolling Stone podcast and had some beautiful rants. So these Amazing. are long, but it was just hard to clip it down to any shorter because he was just on a roll. So here's, I got two clips. Here's the first one. Okay, this is a, that area I definitely want to talk about with you because yeah. you, you, you've tweeted out things like Bernie is a complete hack now and sad. And, it's unbelievable right? what has happened to Let, him. Let's explore that. Like, what, what, what are your chief complaints? Like, I mean, the, the CARES Act is a big one, right? Because that was a, that was a whole thing. radical, radical piece of legislation that all these people voted for. Um, but what is that? The, is that what you're, you're talking about, or is it the supporting yes. Biden? And yeah, okay, mm -hmm. no, it's all of it. But it's, it starts with the CARES Act. Mm -hmm. So, and people say, well, what did you want Bernie to do? People who have no idea how government works, people have no idea what's inside the CARES Act, people have no idea how you're supposed to pressure politicians instead of defend them. They say things like, well, what was a Bernie supposed to do? What are you in sixth grade? Why do you think they give the power to every single senator to stop a bill? You can put a hold on a bill. Why do you think they give them that power? So they can use it when it's important. Right. So, yeah. What, and Which actually what, has always been one of Bernie's points. And he never and he didn't do it. He didn't try to he didn't put a hold on the bill and then try to alert the country what was inside the bill, because I don't even think he knew what was in it because he didn't write one sentence of it, even though he pretended he did. People pretended that Bernie Sanders uh, did, did something for that bill when he gave a grandstanding speech. And then he sends me emails telling me all the stuff he got for me in that bill. It's maddening. And by the way, the rest of the progressive politicians. And then I turn on the news and I see progressive news people saying that they're heroes. Right after the Cures Act had passed, they were calling Bernie Sanders a hero. 
and uh, and other people in Congress, too. And I'm going to tell you, there's no heroes here. There's nothing but bad guys who are doing evil things to our country while trying to distract us with online news shows with Cardi B. That's what Bernie Sanders has turned into, a late night talk show host who's completely ineffective as a senator and tweets out platitudes and will not use the power of his movement to get anything done. The reason why you don't drop out of a presidential campaign when half the states haven't voted is because you're supposed to be leading a movement, you fucking jag off. You're not supposed to be... Oh, it's un- that's not what the leader of a movement does in the middle of a campaign, drops out and tells you to endorse. Hey, everybody's not only that, but then shames his own supporters into voting for the problem. And Bernie Sanders is actively lying to his own followers and the country by telling you you need to vote for Joe Biden without telling you he's demented. And all he has to do is say Joe Biden is obviously demented and I should be the nominee. This is ridiculous. You guys are lying. You're saying Trump's a liar. What are you doing? You're trying to gaslight the entire country by serving them up a hot piece of garbage, a dementing, a demented walking death rattle who they couldn't even beat in a fucking primary. They're going to put up against the guy who they say is an existential threat. This is an unbelievable failure and a collapse of government, the Democratic Party and our entire society. And Bernie's voting for it. So... Keep in mind, Jimmy Dore has been one of Bernie's biggest, biggest adamant supporters. supporters over the years. It's, it's just, it is, it's just fucking disgusting what's going on. I mean, I mean, this whole entire election is just a fucking joke. The fact that uh, Biden is is the a presumptive Democratic nominee and he can't even finish a sentence. He hasn't been out of his fucking house in about two months. And then the one time he did come out, we're pretty sure he's he they used a fucking stunt double. So, like, I mean, it's just like and this is the guy that's going to run the country. Somebody who could die, you know, within the will likely die within the first year or two. And everybody's saying, well, you still need to vote for him because he's better than Trump. Don't worry about him. What about his cabinet? You know, you, you, you need to worry about us. I'm voting for somebody and I'm not supposed to care about him. I'm supposed to care about the people that are underneath him. It, it, it's it, like, this is why smart people don't vote. Um, not, <laughs> not for these fucking people. This yeah. is the joke. We need to dissolve these parties. How long are we going to let these fucking corrupt people, these elites, like, I mean, we're not going to have a country left within if we let this go on for another hundred years. We'll just like, like, like Jimmy did say in that interview, we're going to end up like Brazil. We're going to end up with a feudal class, with a fucking underclass and a, and, a, and a permanent class of poor people with elites and a rift the size of the, big, the, size, the size of the Grand Canyon between those two classes. Well, we'll just be the West half of China. Is what we're going to be. The Western United States of China. Yep. That's where we're headed. I mean, really, they own all of our debt and everything. So all they got to do is they wait till they have somebody like Joe Biden in power who's got no backbone and who's just going to roll over for him and then just start calling it. And the, cor- the corporations that are based out of this country, that came from this country, have no fucking problem selling us out to China, you know, and, and trying to get bills passed to do the same. That's just, it's, it's, Which is an argument for Trump because he's the first president in 30 years that stood up to China. You're right. But even him, man, I, th- there's certain things, dude. I mean, there's certain things with Trump. Like, I mean, I've, I've been kind of honestly getting a little bit on the Trump train lately, but like there, there are certain things that just really concern me. I feel like he's kind of being a fake populist, you know. Yeah, but when it comes to China, he's seems legit that that doesn't because there's not really much you can do to china right now we can't go at him like there's no way to go to war with him and win absolutely not only front you can really attack him on is economic which he's done 
about as much as can reasonably be done without causing any real issues. And then so look at that's look at the Democrats good. and look what Obama and Hillary are advocating for. They want the American economy still to be shut down while China's roaring on. I I saw exactly. a video of Hillary Clinton on uh, MSNBC or CNN something like that the other night uh, calling for uh, Chinese intelligence agencies to hack Trump's uh, tax returns. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's on, an old video. Yeah, it's an old video. But, she was uh, on like, Rachel Meadow. I mean, tr- trying to sell our economy to China, fucking trying to trying to get the Chinese intelligence to like <laughs> invade our government just so that. <laughs> Especially uh, when was, we just she was trying to be tongue in cheek. The Russian hackers and everything. And you know, notice what she said. Like other hackers, like, come on, what's going on? You notice what she also said in that video. What if she was like, hypothetically, what if the presumptive nominee, whoever she may be, she literally says this, called for China to, you know, interfere in the election and support a Democrat? I think that's no, not any worse than what Trump did. Now, that goes back to the theory that I still subscribe to Adam and John's no agenda theory that's over three years old that. Hillary's going to swoop in, and that's why Biden, now, if you're still working with that theory, is the placeholder. I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree. I, I think that theory. I was on board with it for the first couple of months that I heard it. I was on board with it for a little bit, but I don't think. I think she's done. I think uh, Hillary is 100 percent done. So you I don't really think she think wants to Bi- drag herself back into all this? She would you really she think would, Biden's would, doing it. She would have to be VP. That's the only way. There's yeah, no way she can swoop in if she's not I VP. I really doubt that, too. I don't think she wants to touch any of this that's going on. Well, if there's a contested convention or if Joe drops out or just dies. Oh, you're just saying if they change, change the, the, D- the nominee. The DNC can nominate whoever they want. Yeah. The the head chair of the DMC, DNC, the head chair was on video like a week or two ago saying uh, Biden is like, we're not behind Biden as the nominee. We're going to nominate our own person. And that's the head chair of the DNC. It's going to be But Hillary. I still don't think it'd be Hillary. I don't know, man. I, I, th- I think I just, it's on the table. The DNC is basically bought and paid for by the Clintons. So at, at one point in time, I think they were. I do not think that is the case now. After all the stuff that's gone on after this election and all the Epstein stuff came out, she lost. She's essentially lost the nomination twice already. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. I just um, eh, we'll see all, what happens. But I, yeah. I, my money is it not happening. All right. Here's the second clip of. Jimmy Dore's rant, and uh, I think it's even better than the first clip. You would, I would have started by pointing out how they cheated in 2016 just to remind everybody what happened. In fact, I would have never let them forget about it for the last five years, but he did on purpose. And so when that happened, you could point to it, people you could see, and then people could put those, uh, those pieces of the puzzle together in their own, own head. And then you say, and they're doing this at the behest of Barack Obama, which is another guy he never made a critique of, which is why his campaign never had the oomph it should have had, because who is he fighting against, Donald Trump or the Democratic Party? The problem is the Democratic Party. We all know that, which is why he lost those white working class voters. So what he should have done was call that out. And then he should have said, do you know what they're doing? They're coalescing. The corporatists are now coalescing behind a guy who has visible dementia. That's how desperate they are to cling to power. And he would, and that would have changed the narrative. Over, They won't even talk about his dementia when he can't answer a question in a news interview. They won't even say, are you feeling okay? Hey, has your doctor said you don't have dementia? No, they won't do anything. <laughs> it's really I, elder abuse to not right. say anything. That, well, yes, it all started with not questioning. Well, it, it, there's, a, it, there's a new uh, 
you can say Donald Trump has dementia till the cows come home, right. but you can't bring that up around Joe Biden. Somehow then you turn into some kind of crazy bad journalist. An ableist. You're being ableist. Woke button. We'd have to hit the woke button. So that so that's what I would have done with Bernie Sanders. And all he has to do still to this day is say, hey, let's stop this charade. Joe Biden can't even finish a goddamn sentence because you know who is saying that? Donald Trump. Right. So it's going to be said. So that's the point of a primary FYI is to you test the opponents and you see how they react to these attacks and their exactly. vulnerabilities. Right. So when they go into the general, this has already been sorted out. This has not been sorted out, just like it wasn't sorted out with Hillary Clinton. Right. And, you know, Bernie Sanders, instead of saying it's important that the nominee who's being investigated by the FBI, we understand what that investigation's about. Instead, he said, I don't care about your damn right. emails. Enough and then he the said, and every emails. time yeah. somebody asked him in 2020, hey, do you think Joe Biden can beat Donald Trump? He said, of course I do. Joe Biden is a great guy. He's a friend of mine. And he can beat Joe, uh, Donald Trump. Well, guess what? You just forfeited the election. You right. just Why am I voting for you then? I'm, right. Why would I vote for you? Because they told me if I vote for you, every time I turn on the TV or read a newspaper, if I vote for Bernie Sanders, we're going to lose the House and the Senate. Right. So I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because of what Bernie Sanders just told me. And why is Bernie Sanders saying those things? It's obvious why he's saying those things. It doesn't take a genius, which is why I know it. He's saying those things because he's weak cowardly and doesn't want to end up like Ralph Nader. So he's willing to sell out the entire country at this moment when we need him more than ever. Bernie never wanted to win. He didn't want to win in 2015, 16. He didn't want to win this time. It's just so sad. It's just, I just don't understand how somebody could, could have that massive movement behind them, have everything they need to win and then choose not to actively choose not to win hey do you want this election hmm nah because he's <laughs> well, because he's controlled I mean, it opposition kinda, it kinda, oh go ahead chris sorry i was just gonna say because like bernie's probably controlled opposition to divert votes from anybody voting third party you might be right okay what i was gonna say is what bernie probably i mean i'm not gonna say this for a guarantee but i do believe this is a possibility Bernie Sanders was essentially paid to drop out of the Hillary election last time. Mm -hmm. So what if he just saw that? He saw the movement he got. He knew he could be <clears throat> excuse me, a legitimate contender again. It was like, either way, it's a win-win. On one hand, I could win and become president. On the other hand, I could basically come in second, get a big payout from the DNC because they're probably going to leverage him to drop out anyways because they're going to be like, we don't want you to be our guy because you're too far left for what we view as what we want, and you're not as involved in the establishment as we want either. So he gets another payout, and he's still beloved by everybody. Even if he does drop out, everybody still wants him to run. Like, even what he was saying, like, Jimmy Dore was just shit-talking him, but at the same time, he's like, if he ran, he could still probably win. So for me, if I'm looking at it, it's like a win-win for Bernie Sanders. This is a win-win situation. All he has to do is run, go out there, say his piece, Whatever happens, happens. Either way, he wins. Okay, I got a question then. Because in the Trump versus Biden episode, you said that, like, and this, granted, this was, you know, right after Bernie dropped out. So it was a while ago. But you said that um, if it wasn't Biden, Bernie would be the most likely person. Like, if Biden died or dropped out, Bernie would be the most likely person to get the nominee. Would you say that it's more likely Bernie gets it than Hillary gets it? Like, which one's more likely if Biden's out of the picture, Bernie or Hillary? If they just nominate um, someone. 
if they just nominate somebody, probably Bernie. Really? Because he, he actually ran this election period. Wait, say that but again. I, between I he, between Bernie and Hillary? No, they, they definitely nominate Hillary. Yeah, they they will Hillary. not nominate Bernie in, in, a, in a thousand years. They won't do it. She did run this election cycle. That would be so left field. That matter. would be so out this of is the blue the to DNC. bring her out of like, the DNC, hey, this person at this point is essentially just a normal citizen. Let's just bring her out and be like, yeah, she's all of a sudden out here in front. They're giving the two backroom deals. It screams corruption. It screams all this yeah, kind of no, stuff. Well, it, so does everything is, the they DNC are corrupt. does. They, they are the most, a collection of the most corrupt individuals in the United States of America, probably. I mean, that, that's basically, which is saying something because the RNC is pretty damn corrupt, too. Yeah, so speaking <laughs> of whistleblowers, they killed Seth Rich. I mean, it's it's just insane the amount of corruption and just just I mean it's been it's public at this point it's blatant they don't give a shit yeah I think they you're giving yeah, you're giving the, the DNC too much quarter. credit it is almost June we've got like four five months to go uh, yeah we got like four about four months to go here they're not they haven't been doing anything they haven't been bringing Hillary out front they haven't been doing anything with her there's no mm-hmm. way they're gonna bring her out all of a sudden she's been she's doing a lot of media. Cold. No, I mean, she's not been out front on any of this media stuff as any kind of contender. Like, no one, they haven't even been trying to put her in the mind of anybody. Dude, no, she, it's all, it's she, been Joe Biden. she had a, a four hour documentary released during the election cycle, the campaign cycle on Hulu. And that's about retirement her. plan right there. They don't need it. She doesn't, dude, she doesn't need a retirement plan, man. She. This is all about her ego and her power and her prestige and her glory. She, they, they don't need any more money. She doesn't need. It's not like she's looking for an exit strategy. If she wanted to be done, she could just fucking sit on her ass right now. What she wants well, is power. Fun. She's used to being the first lady. She, she wants being, power. She's used to being Secretary of State. She's out there. She's trying she's to do Satan. stuff. She's out there. She wants to do <laughs> stuff, but president. Like, you can't just go from just d- being nobody, not even running, to all of a sudden going in. My money would be on if, okay, if they do the, uh, what's it called? What would you say, Chris? No. If, a, if there's uh, a contested convention or if just the nominee dies or drops out, the DNC can just pick whoever they want. Yeah. And uh, that's supposed that, to happen in August unless it gets delayed because of the virus or something. Okay. If they do that, my money would be on either Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. Warren over Sanders. Because mm-hmm. Warren is... If if Sanders isn't controlled opposition, Warren definitely is. Oh, yeah. She's way in the system. Yeah. I, I don't think they do Warren either. I don't think they like her. It's clear that they're not worried about either, beating Trump, though. Yeah, I mean, she probably has a better chance of if beating If they're going to go with Biden. somebody over Biden, they might they might pull somebody like Buttigieg or, um, you know, somebody who ran and was was a, was an Obama type. I mean, it seems like an Obama type is what the DNC wants <laughs> As long as the it's most. not Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, no, Beto. <laughs> no, that dude, no, there's no way. That dude is third string at best. Dude, I, just, I, just want some, I just want somebody normal to run for president, you know? Like, Donald Trump was the first, like, non-politician type we've seen run for president and actually win it in, in like, fucking forever i mean i'd love to see like a comedian run for president yeah like the, <laughs> you know like, happened in I mean, ukraine and then everybody yeah. panicked after like that comedian won that upset victory in ukraine and that's when ukraine gate and the russian i mean the oil stuff started started happening oh really but uh okay caleb one more follow-up question then let's move on so right. you think bernie more likely than hillary if biden isn't in the picture and they have to just pick yes. somebody no voting's involved you think bernie over hillary okay what about yes. this what about Tulsi or Hillary? Which one are they more likely to pick if they had to pick between the two? I'm still going oh, if Hillary. If they came down to that, they'd pick Hillary. They'd pick. They'd probably pick a rock 
painted blue <laughs> over Tulsi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. She's like the most yeah. presidential of everybody running, though. She had yeah, a very Obama sure. kind of uh, way of talking, but it was too robotic, and there was no real way to tell what she actually believed. She was very down the middle about stuff, but in a way that was like, I'm not going to give you an actual opinion about anything other than I don't like the people I'm running against. Well, her politics were pretty good. Uh, she was definitely the only, we've gone over this, she was the only anti-NSA spying, pro-whistleblower, anti-war candidate for sure. But then she was on the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, she has pictures of her on her Instagram doing the triangle over her eyes, like above her head, like New World Order shit. So yeah, there's a, she could be controlled opposition too, for all we know, but um, exactly. She was two in the middle. She could have gone either way. That's why I was never really that on board with her because it was like you could. She could have just as easily been running as a Republican. I would not have been able to tell a difference. Other than her climate change opinion, she was like Ron, basically yeah. Ron Paul except for climate change. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. But well, I like Ron Paul better. But yeah, Ron Paul's the man. He's probably man. If he was president, like if we got eight years of Ron Paul, like back in the day when he was running. That would have been so awesome. Ron Paul's great, but you know Tulsi's pretty awesome too. I don't know. I'm a fan. I'd definitely rather bang Tulsi than Ron Paul for sure. True. true All right. True, so, true. Uh, oh man, that ass might be tight. <laughs> <laughs> you remember in uh, Bruno that Sasha Baron Cohen movie where he like and tricks Ron Paul into going into a room and like tries to he takes his clothes off. No, I no. like Ron Paul's like this fellow's a queer. And he like runs out of the room. <laughs> oh I felt God. so bad for poor old Mister Ron Paul. Jesus. All right. So uh, after Trump versus Biden, we got a short recap on. Well, this is actually killing two birds from with one stone. So we did the little Gnosticism episode for four, and then the recent one we did Faustian Pact. So this will kill two birds with one stone because there's a little bit of Gnostium, a little bit of Faustian Pact. And Caleb, remember this? You remember this guy? You love this guy. Uh, we ended with him on the last episode. So I just got a little bit more from that one video we made. Okay. It's a working contract. As oh, above, God. so below. Do you think corporations just sort of manifested because some guy thought it was a good idea? Yes, kind of. But these entities have been using the ideas of corporation and contracts since the dawn of all existence. Because it works. And as above, it filtered down and became like below or below here it manifests oh into okay, reality pause. i've got a comment <laughs> that's what, real quick yeah this guy <laughs> is the human equivalent of dick cheese and i just don't like him <laughs> okay retarded. you can continue yeah this guy's off the rails why they use these things it is a scary scary thing but it's time that people woke up to it and were aware of it and i am giving stuff out that is been considered secret for so long that just to speak of it um, in older secret societies would have probably had me kicked out or killed. But it is now time for you to understand this. This isn't the first time that this has been done. The Aztecs did it. Uh, the old uh, kings and queens of England did it through pledging. It's an old, old practice. And um, it's something that they will continue to do. Um, they did give people the way out. Uh, Christianity claimed that through um, embracing Jesus that you would go to heaven. Um, the prime creator is not stupid. 
he works, he or she works its own way into this clause. There, all, there must always be a loophole. There must always be a way out. That is just universal law. And so I am helping this along. This is information that we have that can help free you. <laughs> Who's we? Who, who, who is exactly, we? Who is we? Oh, my gosh. Maybe, he's, maybe there's been two guys talking at the same time, but they've been talking so in sync and in unison that it sounds like one guy. <laughs> I am helping this along. This is information that we have that can help free you from this horrible, insidious uh, plan that you and you alone own your soul. And so by you reclaiming your soul today, right now, that you own it, no one else does, and you live like it, it doesn't matter what happens to you. And you'll find your astral space a lot, a, a lot safer, a lot clearer. Or when you do awake and there is some entity there, you, you have the full authority to say, get the fuck out, this is my place, nothing owns me. And then you're free. But you have to keep that in mind. You have to know it in your heart. So I'm sorry if this was rambling. I'm sorry if uh, if this doesn't make 100% sense to you. But uh, <laughs> meditate on it. Think about it. And um, set yourself free of this horrible Faustian pact. Okay, so before we do anything, I think we should all sit here and meditate on that for a minute. So let's do that. Oh. Mm. Works, right. dude. I broke the pact. Pact is broken. All right, so we can move on uh, from that. That was. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we move on, who the fuck was that guy? Uh, he. We played him at the end of the Faustian Faust and Furious episode. Oh, He's okay. like talking about like how there's like a basically Gnosticism. How like a, a certain brand of Gnosticism. Basically, how there's deep. He. It was a hodgepodge of nonsense. He tied the Federal Reserve right. into it. This dude was off the rails. Nice. Yeah, it, it was. was uh... It was a slog through the mud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it pretty funny. Though. Okay, so let's move on from that. Um, now we're about caught up to the Bill Gates episode, which was part two. And um, this will be a little more of an in-depth analysis that I'm, I'm going to actually want to do a lot of research because I'm going to tie it into Fauci, Epstein, and we need to do a whole, like if we do a pandemic episode or something, this will be kind of a teaser for that. But it's, these clips are long and we got a lot to go over. So let's just start with hat. What did you guys hear or see the clip that went viral? Or, and they played it on No Agenda like a week or so ago too of Alan Dershowitz, the constitutional lawyer, Epstein's lawyer, saying that the government has a constitutional right to remove you from your home and forcibly vaccinate you. Yes. I have not I did seen see this. this. No, I have not. Okay, I watched they, this whole interview. Yeah, they played it on no agenda, so I'll just play their little take on it real quick to start us off. While we cannot while we have not been forced to shut down, we've been compliant, very compliant human resources doing as we're told, social engineering and great play, we're being uh, shamed into uh, compliance. And the ultimate question is, when a vaccine comes around, how is that going to work? Now, um, we'll probably dive in later into the, this Rick Bright character who keeps coming back, uh, who was slated to be the guy running the program. Now the military is going to do that. We'd already said, I think, a couple of weeks ago there was going to be warp speed. Operation warp speed was the get the vaccine but done and and uh, and out and ready for distribution uh, by January of 2021. So when that comes out, um, 
do we will we all have to take it? Is it going to be optional? Will you take the vaccine, John? Uh, no, nobody in the family's taking this vaccine. And what if you were forced to take the vaccine? What about you guys? Pose that question, Adam. Asked to you guys. I would not choose to get the vaccine. Yeah, if you're forced to take it. it, like if the military, for the sake of argument, comes to your door and says you're taking this vaccine, do you resist? I mean, well, I'm, by definition, I'm not going to die. Forced to take it, I have to take it because I will be forced to take it. Do you resist it though, or do you just say, okay, I guess at this point I can't do anything about well, it? What kind of resistance are you suggesting? Be specific. If run if away, uh, start shooting. <laughs> I mean, like start <laughs> shooting back. No, so like I've got, said, I got have children. Hey, you're not going to get me, army. You can't give me the vaccine. I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah, it, like see, that? at the point where the military's knocking on my door, forcing me, I'm not going to be able to resist very much. And nah. So, but I, yeah, I will not be taking this experimental vaccine with a totally new type of technology that's never existed in a vaccine before. Um, depending on which version of it they use, I think there's over a hundred. Like, okay, my opinion on it would be this: from its initial release, and when people start getting it, I would not want it for at least probably a year. Yeah, you would, would want to see what happens. Exactly. Like, if people take it, nothing happens, and then everything's just hunky dory. Yeah, sure, but. Once again, like you said, Chris, this is new and experimental technology, and we're still at least a year away from having a legal vaccine, a legal patented and distributed vaccine that for any of what's going on or for COVID. So uh, about two years from now, if it exists exactly when it's supposed to in about a year, I'd wait another year just to see if any big negative side effects came about. And that would be my. I'd, I'd probably take it if it looks safe. All right. Well, what if the side effects don't show up for 30 years, though? Mm-hmm. How's well, he going to know? Uh, there's, yeah, there's no way anybody could know. And in 30 years, you could be a whole bunch of different stuff. Right. All right, so here's to part two of that. Do we, will we all have to take it? Is it going to be optional? Will you take the vaccine, John? Uh, no, nobody in the family is taking this vaccine. And what if you were forced to take the vaccine? Uh, that's not going to happen. Here is a constitutional lawyer, Alan Dershowitz. Let's be very clear how we break down this issue. The city of New York, the state of New York, has the power to close a park based on their view that it would be helpful in defeating the pandemic. Absolutely no question about that. The Supreme Court has case after case after case saying that public health justifies uh, closing down parks, closing down uh, public areas. The next question is, does the governor have the right to do that? Governors generally are not authorized to make the law. Uh, They're authorized to enforce the law. So you'd have to look to see if there were legislative authority allowing the governor to close the park. If there is, then it would be legitimate. Uh, Let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread a disease even if you disagree you have no right not to be vaccinated uh real quick uh i will include this in the show notes uh got it right here uh first volunteers in uk coronas vaccine trial all dead and I will link that in the show notes. I just want to make the statement. I disagree with all statements that begin with, you have no right not to be blank. <laughs> yeah. 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 I will agree with that. It's a double negative And <laughs> yeah. no. 
Um, you have rights, not rights to not be uh, have things happen to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, this full interview too. Um, I will link that in the show notes and also a couple of articles related to it. But yeah, this is Dershowitz continuing here, as heard on No Agenda. Agree. You have no right not to be vaccinated. You have no right not to wear a mask. And if you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. If the vaccination is designed to prevent the spreading disease, if the vaccination is only to prevent a disease that you will get, for example, if there's a disease that will kill you, you have the right to refuse that, but you have no right to refuse to be vaccinated against a uh, contagious disease. Public health, the police power of the Constitution, gives the state the power to compel that. And there are cases in the United States that bring forth. Holy crap. I was not aware that that was uh, constitutionally somehow possible. It's not. Well, I'd like to hear other interpretations. Dershowitz has got yeah. one opinion about a lot of stuff. I'm with right, John. but we typically yep. like what Dershowitz has to say. Can't just because you disagree, you can't say. Yeah, this is I know, but he's become a bit of a uh, uh, arm uh, waiver recently. I mean, he's he, he, he. I mean, he's what he's saying is probably true, but I'm sure there's uh, other ways of, of dealing with it. Well, this is not going to happen. We're not going to get a shot. Oh. You've got to have a precedent for that, because I mean, I've I've heard cases uh, uh, in support of you being able to deny, you know, certain government agencies your blood or your urine, you know, and I just I would yeah, want to no, see that a precedent seem to be set based. That. I, there'd have to be dozens of cases to base that on. That couldn't be a thing of in one case you went and vaxxed someone had to be vaccinated, because in those cases. If there is any actual cases, because he didn't actually mention any by name, if there is any actual cases, someone being forcibly uh, vaccinated or having something forcibly injected to them, it's probably because either A, it wasn't a vaccine, it was some sort of uh, cure for something right. that they or already had as a pre-existing condition, or it was in a situation where it was like they had signed something, like they were going overseas or they had signed something or had just come from overseas saying that they were going to be vaccinated because they had just come from overseas and were coming here or something, and then they hadn't done it. Well, think about right. it this and way. The government found out. Think about it this way. And in some states, forced vaccinations are already here. But think about it this way. It's illegal for you as a child where your parents will at least get in trouble for you not to go to school. Um, so that means most kids are going to public school. To be in public school, you have to have over 70 vaccinations in, in so a majority the, of states. So you're just saying they're already forcing you're already by being proxy. Forced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like they talk about, uh, Dell Bigtree's pointed this out. Um, there's certain vaccines, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s pointed this out, that are mandated for children that you cannot get unless you are injecting like drug needles, um, having homosexual sex or just certain diseases that kids are not be able to get until they are past puberty and the vaccination they give babies right after birth only lasts two years, but they still give that baby the vaccine because it's money, a huge amount of money that every kid has to get that. Yeah. Also, I want to point out, this is just Dershowitz's uh, interpretation. I mean, if, if this actually became a move that the government was trying to uh, uh, force vaccinations upon the entire country at the drop of a hat, 
I mean, there would be a huge uprising and a massive resistance to this. I mean, to this idea, many lawyers, I would imagine, constitutional lawyers, things like that, people coming against it. You know, I mean, laws can change, even if there is a precedent for this. Once, you know, when push comes to shove, I don't know that this is something that would be implemented. Yeah, not not. Yeah, especially when you start reading every single interview, like CNN upload or, you know, Good Morning America upload with Bill and Melinda Gates. Thumbs down over 90%. The comments all are like, screw you, Mark of the Beast, suck (laughs) suck a dick, Bill Gates. So, And if it did happen, I mean, I'm assuming the uh, uh, anti-vaxxer portion of the Republican Party would get a a lot bigger overnight. (laughs) Or just the (laughs) pro-choice, pro-safe vaccine. Right, right. But yeah, finish the yeah, definitely. There'd be dealing. huge pushback again. Anything mandatory has always got huge pushback. And especially something it's already not mandatory and already has a huge pushback. Never give so that there's up no way freedom. this would just slide in. Right. Well, it's not mandatory as in people are coming door to door to force it on you, but in a lot of ways it's mandatory if you want to do a lot of things like go to school, fly, go to college. Well, he's, well, he's talking in, about Even in those cases, there's still usually there's optional ones. There's a, like a, a list of suggested ones. There are some that you're supposed to get like the MMR. And I think there's like two. Which is, the only, the, the, which is like there, the worst one. Like, well, there's only like two or three that you're like absolutely they like for. And I, I think those you can even opt out of if you do the right paperwork religious exemption but some states like california have gotten rid of it but anyway yeah as far as dershowitz goes and his opinion on this after this clip we are going to do a semi-deep dive on dershowitz and then it'll tie into gates and epstein and we will have to get into like the nitty-gritty on that on a future episode maybe about the pandemic but this will be a good overview I'm sure there's a, other ways of, of dealing with it. Well, this is it's not going to happen. We're not going to get a shot. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> did you remember H1N1, yeah. the swine flu? Yeah, we're still waiting for we that. Went, still waiting for the vaccine. We went on this show. We discussed, oh, there's going to be two. Remember the whole rigmarole is going to have to be two shots, <laughs> and maybe three, and then it could come to one, and then become part of the flu shot, and there was all these different things. That's what that era when people at uh, – because I took pictures. I put it in the newsletter. Uh, where they were giving the shots out in Albany, they had a line. Oh, that I remember that. Like yeah, yes, yeah. Opening of Star Wars. <laughs> the the public will line up for this shot in yeah. such a to such a degree. Yeah. That you there's not going to not going to force anyone to get the shot because there's going to be so many people getting the shot they're going to probably run out of it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But, line up. But, They'll be lined up a mile long. <laughs> and as the president says... Do you mean a fully approved vaccine for everyone, the full public, or a partially approved vaccine with emergency use? No, we're looking for a full vaccine for everyone that wants to get it. Not everybody's going to want to get it. There you go. You're- go Trump. Go Trump. There we go. That's another check on the pro-Trump checklist for me right there. Give him the option. I'm with you. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, I uh, the the same and the next day, Alex picked up on this clip, and I think, especially since Rob Dew, uh, Sir Ducifer, one of the No Agenda Knights, is the news director for Infowars. There's a reason clips that get played on No Agenda show up on Infowars within a day or two. But uh, so that same Alan Dershowitz clip was played on Infowars the next day, and I clipped a couple things out and sent them to John. Uh, sent to Dvorak and some ISOs for him, and he was like, "These are hilarious, but they're a little too obscene and uh, 
lewd for the show. So now we can use them instead. So here's some Alex Jones ISOs about Dershowitz and whatnot. You're not sticking your metal penis in me, Dershowitz. <laughs> I like it. Here's, I like this one too. Straightforward to the point. Yeah. I have no right to not be raped by Bill Gates's metal pecker. This <laughs> is not a family show. I, mean, I don't know why he, he always says, says that. He says the craziest things, but then he's like, "Sorry, it's a family show." It adds. He it, said earlier. He said dick twice and then cock, and it was like it's a family show. It's like, no, come on, man, come on, man. <laughs> while we cannot, while oh, whoops, sorry, wrong clip. Here we go. But is Alan Dershowitz trying to rape our rights and rape our bodies? and inject into our bodies, not his semen, that could possibly have HIV or hepatitis or God knows what in it. <laughs> he isn't wanting to hold us down and rape us vaginally, rape us orally, or rape us anally. And I'm sorry to talk like this. I'm dead serious. He's going to rape us with a piece of steel into the side of our arm and put into us an experimental vaccine for a virus made in a weapons lab during a martial law lockdown. So he says you have no right not to be raped. <laughs> Alan Dershowitz is saying you don't have a right not to be raped by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Sorry, it's a family show. But I, th I think he just likes to fantasize about rape. Like I, I mean, it, there's, no, like there's no need to, to say raped orally, anally, and vaginally. <laughs> like, I feel dirty saying that. Like, <laughs> well, it's a family show. See, that's because we don't have like a family these show. long pauses where you can visualize. <laughs> in between. I if we had a picture this real quick. If we had a family show, if we had a family show, if we had a family show, if we had a family show like Alex, we would say more things like that, but we don't have a family-friendly no, show. No, so. no, we don't. So we don't talk like that. We usually. don't to talk like that. Use that kind of lang family language. But what we do know is that Alan Dershowitz is a pimp for Bill and Melinda Gates and the UN oh and God. the Chicoms and their stainless steel penis that they want to run into our arm <laughs> and run into our children and rape us with an experimental concoction made God knows where when most of the vaccine is coming from China. So no, you're not sticking your metal penis in me, Dershowitz. And you're not going to inject your poisonous semen into me, Dershowitz. Don't rape me. My body is mine, Dershowitz. So we don't know these women are right about you, but I now know you're saying I have no right to not be raped by Bill Gates's metal pecker. <laughs> and people can laugh about this all day. This is deadly serious. I don't want to be a rape victim. And that's it what sounds like you do. Is, is a rape. And when they force women to have abortions in China, it's a rape murder. I know you're God, Dershowitz. You're up there on planet nine and magical above all of us. Mere humans. But listen to me, you buzzard, you chicken necked establishment pimp. Keep your dirty Filthy hands off my children, my wife, and me, and the American people! Oh my god! <laughs> so, uh, despite that just that being just the most silly, 
Yeah, despite that being silly my brain and outrageous. Is on my ears. Despite that being silly and outrageous, I 100% agree with the entire sentiment behind that. I mean, yeah, I get what he's saying. I, I, but... I, I don't like feel uh, threatened like I'm going to be raped by a stainless steel dick <laughs> and the need to stay stainless steel pecker, st- metal penis. Over and over again. And I have no right to not be raped by Bill like, Gates' metal pecker. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, okay, if I, if I can make a bet, I'm going to place some money on, like, all of the money that I have, which is $4 right now. Uh, that, I, I roll. Uh, you, yep. That um, Alex Jones has some sort of a homosexual fetish or, or a thing with penises and that's rape a, and semen. Well, that was like, that's not a usual rant. There's a reason I clipped that because that does not happen. He's, very I've, often. I've heard it before. But there's other I've stuff that indicates before. it, like when he put his search history up on the TV there. For oh, a little bit. Yeah, you remember yeah, that, yeah, don't yeah. you? Everybody remembers that. I was doing research. Uh, <laughs> whatever you said about that. I'm doing ladyboy research. Yeah. Uh, I uh, figure uh, out how the ladyboys are. Uh, yeah, they're part of the New World Order. Ooh. Oh my Ooh. God! <laughs> yeah, no, the no agenda theories that him and Roger Stone were getting a little frisky. Oh, I could see. Whoa. it. I could see that. Roger Stone looks like he's into anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, along with a warm hole or a warm rod, he's just like, <laughs> hey, what? I- Do you think that might be why he's so like? vehement against the like homosexual demonic pedophiles rapists. There is no, I've never once it's heard because he Alex like, Jones to speak about against homosexuals. Whatever. The, the, the pedophile pedophile. Yeah, there's rapist. a big difference between homos and so, you get what I'm saying. The the, the sexual nature of, 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 of his rants. Like and, and, uh, his yeah, like, rants yeah. against sexuality, like evil sexuality. It's like it, it, does he feel like fucking this like certain sort of dirtiness because of the shit that he's into and a certain sort of like self-awareness <laughs> guilt or something it's possible but i the only rants i've i've never i've been following alex for a long long time and the only thing i've seen him be very angry and against is grooming children like the child the drag queen story time and then like pedophilia there i've Those never the seen only him be things like things you've seen him be angry against as far as sexual okay okay i was about to say because i think he's angry against like just just about everything he talks no, about. No, yeah, I'm purely in relation to what you brought up, which is sexual stuff. Right, right, right. And so I'm thinking after I hear this whole thing on No Agenda, I'm like, and hear Alex rant about it the next day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check out this interview with Dershowitz. And I already knew he was Epst- Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer. Um, but I was like, I just want to watch this whole interview. And to me, that clip that... No agenda played, and then Alex played the next day of Dershowitz saying that it's constitutional to have forced inoculations. That was the least interesting part of the interview for me. Um, so let's. Uh, this is a, these are going to be some longer clips getting into this because we're going to go into the nitty gritty of uh, Dershowitz, Epstein's lawyer, Epstein, Bill Gates, and uh, this will be a little prelude to, I guess, our upcoming episode about the pandemic and Fauci and all that. But yeah, this is from the interview that was clipped out with Dershowitz. I need to ask you, Professor Dershowitz, about your involvement with this letter that was written on behalf of Jeffrey Epstein, which stated that he was one of the founding members of the Clinton Global Initiative. Is this something that you're able to speak about? Does attorney-client privilege? No, I'm not sure I understand what you're talking about. Who was part of the Global Initiative? 
Well, this is an article from Yahoo News that says billionaire financier Jeffrey Epstein, who was indicted Monday on child sex trafficking charges, helped President Bill Clinton devise the global, uh, the Clinton Global Initiative, I according to a letter his attorney sent to federal prosecutors in 2007. Yahoo News says you and Gerald Lefcourt wrote this letter, which said that Mr. Epstein was part of the original group that conceived of the Clinton Global Initiative. Is that it may correct? Be, it, it, I don't know. It may be true. I didn't write the letter. I was his lawyer, so my name may have been attached to the letter, but I don't have any personal knowledge. I know that uh, Epstein and Clinton were very, very close. I remember a situation. This is a name-dropping story where I was having dinner. My wife and I were having dinner with... Um, with uh, Caroline Kennedy at Caroline Kennedy's home on Martha's Vineyard, uh, and the president, President Clinton, was there, and uh, he received a phone call. The Secret Service gave him the phone, and he went off on the side, and he had a long conversation. And then he came over to me, President Clinton did, and said, somebody wants to talk to you. I said, who? He said, well, get on the phone. And it was Jeffrey Epstein, um, who had been talking to the president for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, before the phone was handed to me and then he just asked me how i was doing um i had met him on the vineyard uh through lady rothschild the wife of the lord rothschild who told me he was this wonderful man he had connections to harvard he was very charitable he was giving 30 million dollars to harvard uh would i do her a favor and meet with him and i did i met with him at my house uh he left a bottle of uh champagne which i still haven't opened um and um and probably won't ever drink um okay so just to pause it right there uh, i have an article that i'll also link in the show notes from law.com alan dershowitz makes argument for lowering lowering the age of consent and this is um of course yeah i mean epstein's lawyer buddies with bill clinton um apparently friends with friendly with the rothschilds who in originally introduced him to epstein uh, but yeah, so needless to say, this guy is not to be trusted. Sounds like it. Um, <laughs> I had a, you know, I had an academic uh, relationship with him until he was uh, arrested. Then the relationship stopped being in any way academic or personal and became entirely professional. I, I charged him for every minute that I spent on his case, gave him no discounts. And, uh, um, um, and produced a very good result, a very proud of the result we produced. That's my job. And were you representing him in 2007 when this letter that Yahoo News yes. would... Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah. isn't and, it and a concern, Professor Dershowitz, if your name is on a letter as his lawyer? This Clinton Global Initiative was never legally organized and has no... I don't know anything about it. Uh, it's... Um, um, very common. Uh, it's the first I know. First I've know, known about this uh, this particular relationship. You I mean I've heard I've heard that he was involved with Clinton's fundraising. I know they went to. I think they they flew to Asia together um, for some Clinton initiative matter. But you have to ask other people about that. I just don't know about it. It's probably true if it was in the letter. And you know this is what thirteen years ago. So I have no current record. But, I would not be, be nothing embarrassing about that. If he was part of the Clinton Global Initiative, it would be the right well, it's thing. It's an illegally organized. 
No, it's an illegally organized violation of the IRS's code nobody, relating to 501c3 charities. Well, I, I didn't know anything about that. I Let's still move on. Let's move yeah. on from that. It's it's weird how no agenda and this guy Jason Goodman, his interview, and Alex Jones have all been kind of interlocked with this Dershowitz story because at, shortly after that, uh, Jason Goodman, who interviewed Dershowitz in the interview, went on Infowars, and um, we'll kind of hear what his thoughts about some of these that clip right there in particular was. This is one of the things in the interview that they don't want to discuss. The whole thing sounds real weird. It's like this romantic meeting. He's giving him champagne and stuff like that. He's volunteering all this information. Why didn't Dershowitz simply say to me, look, I'm here to talk to you about the Constitution, Michael Flynn, Emmett Sullivan, and Andrew Yeah, no, Cuomo. these are celebrations of agreements. It's like he's meeting with them after agreements have been made between intelligence agencies. But not only that, Alex, why didn't Dershowitz say to me, look, attorney-client privilege survives the death of the client. Yeah, Please why is he like talking question. about it? And like, oh, I'll right, charge him full price. He's trying to plant a story. He's trying to plant a story. What about it. these other clips? So it does seem like, why, yeah, why would Dershowitz unprovoked start talking about how the Rothschilds introduced him to Epstein if he's not trying to plant a story? Because uh, he is accused by some of Epstein's victims now as us um, having sex with him when they were underage, mm. when he was friends with Epstein. Gotcha. So he was involved in this. It sounds, yeah, the way, he, the way he's depicting it, it sounds almost like there's this massive pe uh, pedophile ring, Rothschilds, uh, a paid Epstein and to set up some sort of a child sex trafficking organization. Friends with the Clintons got involved with Alan Dershowitz, set him up as his lawyer, like, and they all had this like thing that they were doing on the side or something like that. Like, I mean, that's just the, the image that's being painted in my mind of kind this of. But then at the same time, as you'll see later on, I think I clipped some of this. He acts like he has no idea about most of the story, even though he was Epstein's lawyer. He's like, I had no idea about this. I had right. no idea about it's that. Like if you were like intricately involved in the whole thing. and let alone his lawyer <laughs> and his think, lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I mean, they got to get him involved. I mean, if he's going to be the lawyer, I mean, they're like pretty much you got to tell your lawyer about what's going on. <clears throat> these guys would, are doing bad stuff so they're gonna try to get him involved yeah you didn't like willingly want to be involved in the first place yeah you would want uh epstein's lawyer to be one blackmailed so he can't you know so he's definitely tied in with you yeah. and then you've got yeah, you know hand in the pot like everybody else yeah and then you've got bill gates uh being real good buddies with uh epstein and um funding epstein's research with all these scientists who epstein also allegedly blackmailed uh they're working on net well yeah We'll get into this now. They're working on nanotech vaccines. We're, we're mixing the fields of medicine and law, and the proof of something in law seems vastly different than the proof of something in medicine. A lot of the people who are advising us as to the future of vaccinations in this country are the very same people who have been kicked out of major countries for serious failures and injuries resulting from vaccines that they felt were going to be beneficial. I'm very troubled by the legality of what you're suggesting because it seems like we're very close to uh, a government mandate that we must all be vaccinated. Let me let me I take you in are. another I direction. Here. I would like I would like to see a government mandate if 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 the safe vaccine is developed for uh, COVID-19. I hope it's mandated. And I will defend it and will argue that in the Supreme Court of the United States against your views. And you would get it if they came out tomorrow and said there's a vaccine that's ready. There's one online. My children would get it. Everybody would get it. If we felt it was safe, we'd make our own, obviously, sure. make our own judgment if we decided to become civil disobedient. Okay, so 
First of all, he's saying, I would love to see it mandated, and I would take it if I felt it was safe. So right. it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you, so you, want, you want everyone to be forced to take it. What we said is, is we would take it if it was safe. The right. definition of doublespeak. Exactly. Doublespeak and not his ass. Yeah. I want, everyone, I, I want everyone to be forced to take it, but I would like the right to say no if it's not safe. Like, yeah. <laughs> get it. Everybody would get yeah. it. If we felt it was safe, we'd make our own, obviously, sure. make our own judgment. If we decided to become civil disobedience and violate the law, uh, that would be uh, a different thing. But the law would be completely valid. I know you have limited time. So let me ask right. you about this sure. other professor at Harvard, Charles Lieber. He's been indicted. Sorry? Never heard of him. Oh, Charles Lieber is one of the world's leading experts in nanotechnology. He has Never been indicted. Uh, along with two of his Harvard. Chinese students who, well, let me just yeah. bring you up to speed. Sure. Two of his Chinese students who failed to declare on their student visa applications that they were members of the Chinese military. Dr. Lieber's group in their research in the area of nanotechnology have created robots that are smaller than viruses that can actually mm -hmm. enter cells and carry out functions within the cell. And we have the very realistic possibility, Professor, Der Professor Dershowitz, that there are nanotechnology groups around the world and actually a high concentration of them at Harvard University that are creating these nanobots that could behave exactly like a virus and could even mimic some of the symptoms and impact that we're seeing from COVID-19. So I'm very concerned when the law can get behind this and force us to take a vaccine for something that's so misunderstood from a medical standpoint. So let's uh, revisit that Bill Gates ISO, that clip that was going around Twitter the other day. And then we're taking things that are, you know, genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in the little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. <laughs> Okay, so now I have Newsweek.com. This will also be in the show notes. Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci backed controversial Wuhan lab gain of function with U.S. taxpayer dollars for risky coronavirus research. That is from Newsweek, and it goes into detail about Fauci and Gates funding all this. And this is the same lab in Wuhan that is suspected where coronavirus uh, emerged. The research that they were doing, the gain of function research, was outlawed in the United States, so it had to be done in uh, China, where their laws aren't as strict. Uh, the article goes into detail. Yeah, basically, I mean, kind of paints it pretty clearly that uh, yeah. so something's going on. Something is and not right. Yeah, something, this needs to be researched. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah. We, will, we will look into this further on our pandemic episode. It's going to take me, uh, I mean, we can all do our own research into it. It'd be fun to compare notes. But yeah, the, we'll give it a couple weeks before we all are, I feel ready probably to dive deep into this, but right. And, and, and uh, just so we can plug uh, whoever that was who did that interview with Alan Dershowitz, what was his name? Was, what was his uh, name? Jason Goodman. I have reached out to him to be on the podcast. I emailed him. So we'll that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got a, a silky smooth voice. I love that voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's does some pretty good work. Uh, I'd love to have him on, but yeah, I reached out. So maybe we'll have him on in the near future. I want to get Dell Bigtree on too. And Robert Kennedy Jr. That'd be awesome. I'd love to talk to RFK Jr. So uh, here's another interesting clip from that interview. Apparently, Dershowitz, who is Epstein's lawyer, has never heard the claim that Epstein was involved in any type of blackmail ring. Or so involved it seems in like Jeffrey. Yeah. 
or well, they were involved in the CIA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had, he just had never heard that claim. It's news to him. So it seems like Jeffrey Epstein was very involved in some of these leading scientists at Harvard, right. and he has been accused by many of using sexual blackmail against people. So when I hear about, I, I've never heard, I've never heard of that. I've never heard that claim made. This dude is so full of shit, it's coming out his ears. Well, the most loyal video recording. Ever. Yeah. Really? Uh, the guy I knew for years was his personal lawyer for all these uh, child sex trafficking charges. I never heard that he was accused of working for intelligence. I never heard that he was accused of any kind of blackmail. Uh, it's news to me. Blah, blah, blah. There are alleged <laughs> to be video recordings of people from the I, jet. I, I hope there are video recordings of everything that Jeffrey Epstein ever did with anybody, because that would be my best evidence. Um, look, he was friendly with Frank Church, who was the developer of the genome uh, ding, ding, ding. project. He was friendly with so many scientists. Uh, he fooled a lot of people into thinking that he had lived a, a perfectly uh, normal life. And we were all, I can speak for myself, totally, totally shocked when we learned about some of the activities. And, you know, he was friendly with Bill Gates. He was friendly right. with... Ding, and ding, the ding, fact ding. is he engaged in these activities. And Bill Gates seems to be connected to each of the people that I'm speaking about. Charles Lieber, Marvin Minsky, millions and millions of dollars I've, to Harvard. I've, I've never met a Bill Gates. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that you've met Bill Gates. I'm just saying that Jeffrey right. Epstein has met Bill Gates. Sure. <laughs> so he wasn't even accused of hanging out with Bill Gates. And he's already like, I never met Bill Gates, so... Yeah. <laughs> this, if you watch this whole interview and especially what, read nervous. the facial expressions, yeah, deer in headlights for the whole. I'm surprised he didn't hang up 10 minutes into this thing. Yeah, it's like he didn't have to be there. I don't understand why he has he never been asked these questions before. Like, I, I, I he don't. got sweet talked into the interview, and at the, for the first 10 minutes, he was sweet talked. But yeah, by he hangs up in a fuss near the end. But I, I am really surprised he stuck around for this whole interview. But there are allegations that Jeffrey Epstein videoed, recorded things that happened all over his house. There's been I hope a former... So. I hope so. That would be great. Yeah. Palm Beach County. He doesn't sound genuine that he's really hopeful that Epstein recorded everything. I really hope so. Because then I, I, you know, then I could prove I didn't do anything. It's like, uh-huh. Uh -huh. I don't buy his... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't buy it either. I don't buy his hopefulness. Honey, yeah, there's just sweating bullets. Yeah, <laughs> has produced video footage allegedly to have come from Jeffrey Epstein. And I mean, we're hearing about nanotechnology developed by Harvard scientists that could enter a cell, behave like a virus. We've got Bill Gates pushing this plan for a virus. We've got him funding Anthony Fauci, the CDC, the NIH, the WIS. Sounds like theory involving a dead man who probably well, it sounds more like a conspiracy because here we've got two people how did jeffrey epstein get this 500 million dollar fortune charles ortel tells us there's no records of him conducting any trades at all he never graduated from college as far as we know but yet he was a professor at dalton school allegedly hired by donald barr the father of our current attorney general can you address the relationship between donald barr and jeffrey epstein Never heard, never heard anything like that. I didn't know Epstein when he was teaching at, at a high school or an elementary school. Um, I mean, these are all, these are all absurd uh, conspiracy uh, theories. <laughs> so this next clip is a little long, but it's worth it because apparently Dershowitz, the prestigious constitutional lawyer, does not know 
who Bill Barr, the current attorney general's dad is, despite Bill Barr's dad getting Epstein that whole job uh, at Harvard and everything. The guy that also was from Harvard doesn't know who attorney general Bill Barr's dad was. You didn't have a, a master's degree in teaching. A lot of people have a lot of questions about what I this relationship ever He never went to. I mean, he, he, I'm not sure he ever met this bar guy. <laughs> this bar guy. This bar. It's kind of like when Bill guy. Gates said, like, Robert Kennedy Jr., some, so whoever. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know who this is. Um, but I know that he didn't have a college degree. And it was he was a very brilliant guy, very smart guy very good at mathematics, but you have to ask the right people those questions. Uh, ask the people from the Dalton School why they hired him. Ask the people from Bear Stearns why they hired him. There's a lot of mystery around uh, Jeffrey Epstein, but the idea that uh, he would be dealing in nanotechnologies with uh, Marvin Minsky. Marvin Minsky was the developer of artificial intelligence. Yeah, I think he was dealing that, with artificial intelligence with Minsky. It would have been Charles Lieber with nanotechnology. Along the lines when, of the surprises, when did, were when you did, as surprised as everybody else when Alexander Acosta announced publicly that he was instructed to lay off Epstein because he was involved in intelligence? It was not true. There's no truth to it. Epstein was not involved in intelligence. And I don't think that... Uh, that uh, anybody in the government ever told him to lay off Epstein. Nobody laid off Epstein. We, we got the deal because we had a stronger case. They couldn't prove that he had ever transported any particular woman in interstate commerce who was underage for purposes of sex. And so if you can't prove that, you can't make your case. Um, I do think um, I've only met Acosta uh, one or two occasions. I do think he got uh, a bum rap. I think he did what he could do. Uh, he got the best deal he could possibly get. If he had demanded more, we would have gone to trial and probably would have gotten a total acquittal. Uh, by the way, this clip's about halfway through, so if any time you have a thought, just let me know. I'll pause it. Right. And so Jeffrey Epstein, despite his close relationship with Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, you're saying unequivocally was not involved in CIA, Mossad, nothing like that? No, of course not. Um, he, he had no connections to the Mossad. He had no connections to the CIA. He had no connections uh, to intelligence, um, as far as I know. I mean, when I was his lawyer, he told me a great deal about things he had done, um, and he did uh, totally deny that. If, if it was true, he would have bragged about it. He would have used it. He would have benefited from it. Uh, I, I don't believe it for a second. But isn't it true that Robert Maxwell was a prominent Mossad asset, agent, something like this? He's he alleged died, to have been. He died years before uh, any of this happened. But and he's always pictured with his beloved daughter, and she seems to be you good. Pictured with her beloved daughter, I'm pictured with my beloved daughter. Uh, to make the connection between uh, Maxwell's alleged connection to the Mossad and Jeffrey Epstein, I don't even know if Jeffrey Epstein ever met Maxwell. Right. Well, there have been a lot of strange things that have happened with yep. uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. I don't know if you saw this photo of her at an In-N-Out Burger in Los Angeles, but it appeared in the New York Post. And there were a number of problems with this from an evidentiary standpoint. This photo appeared in 2019, and I'm sure you're aware Ghislaine Maxwell is about 57 years old. 
This is quite obviously a retouched photo, and her complexion is not the only element of it that's been altered. When I brought this to the attention of the journalists at the New York Post and Ghislaine Maxwell's attorney, they all behaved very strangely. She's reading a book called The Secret Lives of CIA Operatives. When you go mm -hmm. to uh, Amazon. Which, which attorney did you speak to? Leah, what's her last name? She's in, uh, she's in Ventura County. Leah, I forget her last name, but her information was on this photograph. She had taken the mm -hmm. photograph, which the New York Post said was what's, taken. What's the, relevance, what's the relevance of the photograph? Let's assume it's a fake photograph. What does it show? The New York Post is publishing a false story that seems why? to be... Well, what? why is the question that I've been trying to ask. But when I asked that question, In-N-Out Burger threatened to sue me and threatened to bring criminal action against me, which I think is a violation can, of the California Code of Ethics. How can they possibly sue for expressing an opinion or uh, bring criminal charges for expressing an opinion? So uh, keep In-N-Out Burger in your head, because I don't know if you guys have seen the Mouthy Buddha Pedogate Part 1. In and Out Burger is heavily tied. There's all these like Instagram hashtags. If you hashtag In and Out Burger with in underscore and like underscore the whole thing, there's all these little kids at In and Out Burgers and um, the owners of Comet Ping Pong and Voodoo Donuts and all these uh, like uh, the Podestas all have like used this hashtag with pictures of kids, um, like some hidden in plain sight sex trafficking ring. Uh, in and Out Burgers heavily tied into Epstein and the whole Pizzagate thing in really weird ways. Yeah, I've heard of that. It's kind of nutty. Because I called In-N-Out Burger and spoke to their media representative and asked if they would provide video footage from their surveillance system to the FBI so that people could locate Ghislaine Maxwell. She was accused of all kinds of things. And this was right after Jeffrey Epstein had died. I would think that the FBI would want to question one of his closest associates, but instead it seemed like the New York Post was publishing an article that was filled with strange errors, at least, if not deliberate lies. For what reason? Because the Post is part of the conspiracy as well? Well, now you seem like you're sort of making fun of what I'm saying, but I don't know the reason, Professor Dershowitz. I'm just telling you what happened. Ghislaine Maxwell was seen at an In-N-Out Burger just days after Jeffrey Epstein, her close accomplice and suspected intelligence operative, was found dead. She's reading a book called The Book of Honor, Secret Lives and Deaths of CIA Operatives. And when you go here to the Amazon.com book reviews, the first one is written by Ghislaine Maxwell. So I'm not making this up. You can call it a conspiracy theory if you like. But I believe this is a steganographic message that Ms. Maxwell has left here for someone. She's reading a book, and then she writes a review of the book for Amazon. I do that all the time. When I read a book, I like the book. And does it get published on the cover of the New York Post with a retouched photo that is alleged to be taken by a bystander that I have evidence? It was taken by her attorney when I asked. The reporters at the New York Post, they don't follow up with a correction. They hang up the phone on me. You ought to report this to the proper authorities. I think we're really getting into Conspiracy land. Do you have any other questions to me about something that I know something about? At this point in the video, Dershowitz is picking up his uh, tablet or phone or whatever and trying to turn it off. <laughs> it's Basically. like, because it, it was sitting there the whole time streaming, and now he's like, okay, I'm done with this. 
I think that might be all the questions I have for right now. I, I thought that. these were things so that much. you would know about. Yeah. Thanks, Professor Dershowitz. Sure. Have a nice day. I'm sorry if he didn't like those questions, but <laughs> those were the questions. <laughs> so that was a long clip, but I felt like editing it out of context would not be a good representation. Right. Um, so anyway, back to... Jason Goodman, when he went on Alex Jones after this interview, uh, they're getting back into... Because the weird thing, like most uh, any kind of conspiracy theory stuff, like the more you... Like everything ends up being connected. You've right. got the, the Gates and Fauci stuff is all tied in with Epstein. They're the same scientists all knew each other that were supposedly blackmailed by Epstein. Uh, China, like the whole China conspiracy. China, like all these... There's a reason all these Harvard professors that were involved with Epstein are getting arrested for having Chinese spies like working with them and not just... Like it, all this... That's the cool thing, I guess, about like some of the topics we've covered on this podcast is they all... The more you look into them, the more they all in, are interwoven or at least seem to be. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. It, seem, it seems like the, like the ring goes like even further than, than you would imagine. I mean, when you w once you connect all these uh, you know prominent figures plus the the businesses in and in and out voodoo donuts like the, the I mean and then all the DC politicians so reaching yeah <clears throat> Obama hanging out at In and Out Burger where they supposedly have like open sex trafficking from multiple witnesses that live there in Portland it's just crazy that none of this has been exposed or fallen apart yet I mean it seems like that. I mean that's what's happening right now but it, like it, it finally 2020 like <laughs> dude 100,000 sealed indictments on the way baby we just got reelect Trump and then it, the whole house of cards falls down now that just sounds like an advertising point to try to get Trump reelected. <laughs> that, that sounds just like. Just for me and all these people going to jail. Where yeah, we right. go? Why could you get it done in the first four years? That's my question. Exactly. He couldn't get the one person sent to jail. He like campaigned. He was going to get sent to jail. Crooked Hillary. Where we go? One we go yeah. all. Trust the plan. Cue glasses on, baby. But, okay, I was just okay. You were just talking about how the the giant interwoven play and how this stuff is seemingly connected. If that's the case, then Trump's Q is probably definitely part of it. Part of it. Yeah, Q Trump didn't know Epstein. Part of this as uh, either control, not opposition, but just like uh, redirection. Didn't, didn't Epstein have some sort of a relationship with Trump? They, uh, yeah, Trump ended There's up kicking pictures him, of them together. Yeah, Trump ended up kicking him out of Mar-a-Lago, and uh, the FBI did say Trump was like the most helpful and cooperative person. That like once he knew what Epstein did, he disassociated from him, and he reported Epstein's activity to the FBI. Uh, Prior to that, Trump had flown out to the island one time, never flew back. It's not like he was like Spacey or Clinton that flew out there, you know, almost 30 more times. Trump went there one time. So plausible deniability, you could say, once he realized what was going on, he's like, nope. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, there's also a chance that Trump's involved in the whole thing and it's all pro wrestling. But it remains, geez. it's, it's kind of like, will I Hillary mean, get the nomination? It remains to be seen. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah. So nutty. So anyway, yeah, Goodman goes on this back to when he went on Alex Jones' show to talk about his interview with Dershowitz. Well, and the thing is, they've never made a vaccine using mRNA technology before. It and they bypassed animal trials. Who the hell allowed Correct. that? That's illegal. Well, not only is it illegal, it's basically proposing, according to Alan Dershowitz, that every single American will be forced is a guinea to be pig. a beta but, but listen, test. You're a smart guy, probably smarter than I am, Jason. What I'm saying here is I looked up the law. Uh, no, seriously. They're not allowed to bypass animal trials under federal law. How, who, how is this happening? How is Moderna, meaning the mother in Spanish, 
and these other three companies with Bill Melinda Gates doing human testing in the United States right now with a, with a vaccine that bypass humans, I mean, bypass I animals. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't speak to exactly the legal process they went through to Let's do just that. Let's say I mean, it's I unprecedented. It is. It is. And particularly that it's such a new type of technology. They're going to be doing DNA experiments inside everyone's body. They don't know the outcome. So you cannot compare this to the vaccine that was being debated in Jacobson v. Massachusetts because there is no medical consensus on this. And Alan Dershowitz is mixing the concept of scientific proof with the concept of a legal proof. And he can't do that. I'm curious to know what Alan Dershowitz would say about a legal opinion offered by a medical doctor with no legal training, because he is giving us his medical opinion as a lawyer. And he I was doesn't about know to say, since about. when is Alan Dershowitz and Bill Gates our doctors? They're not. True. But they want to be. Roll up the sleeve. How's a 30-year death from gut disease sound, African children? We take genetically modified organisms and then we just shove them right in there. We right just in the little veins. Right, right in their little veins. Which God. is why, going back to Alex Jones' rape analogy, that I stand by it as an accurate analogy, despite how goofy and over the top it was. It's so, fair. It's fair. I don't know. What were you going to say, Caleb? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Let's move forward. All right. I don't want to get back into the little raping metal dicks. <laughs> I have no right to not be raped by Bill Gates's metal pecker. Okay, so oh, uh, there uh, it is. Back, back on to uh, time back in the going back towards Epstein in the New York Post because I thought this was really interesting and this will be definitely something I'm researching further for the future. Epstein or whatever episode we do, but this is... Uh, Rupert Murdoch's company that also owns the New York Post, which has essentially been the clearinghouse for all information about Jeffrey Epstein. New York Post is the only newspaper to present a photograph of Epstein on the gurney going into New York Presbyterian Hospital. Didn't look like Epstein to me, Alex. You've yes, that photo, and that was the no agenda thinking the day of Epstein's death or the day after when they did the episode. Not the same guy. Body double. Mm. And, and New York Post. Yeah, the one picture that exists where he's getting wheeled out. I mean, you can mm -hmm. see like a sliver of his face, and even that sliver of his face doesn't look like anything from any other picture of him. Wow. And, and why is New York Post getting all these exclusive photos like Epstein's dead body? They get the exclusive photo of Ghislaine Maxwell at the In N Out Burger. It's always New York Post getting all these exclusives. It's probably connected to the CIA and the plants that they've got within the New York Post to plant stories and whatnot. Like, th this seems so deep. Yeah, it's a rabbit hole that's never ending, for, that's for sure. And the amount of money that goes with it, too, allows it to go basically as deep as it does. And that's probably why they're using something like the New York Post, because it's, uh, it's prominent without being, like, it's like second string. It's, it's not like the most prominent. It's like New York Times. It's not Washington Post. It's the New York Post. It's, it's not the like, uh, yeah. It's not the prestigious liberal thing. It's uh, the equivalent of Fox News. It's owned by Roger Ailes, the same guy that owns Fox News. So very uh, yeah. It, it, there's uh, it, it's it's kind of like what happened. Greater, to, what I'm saying is there's a greater chance for monetary influence. Like if like someone came with like a bunch of money, and was like, hey, we want you to report this story in this way. Where they just get their, or we want you to put this editor in this position and put him in charge of this story. And here's a bunch of money, so you don't question it. I I'll feel like they'd be more susceptible than I'll that. I'll even, I'll even go further than that and say the whole paper is an intelligence operation, kind of like the New York Times has become. I guess it could have like transitioned to that. It could have been bought out. It's like slowly bought out and turned into that. I mean, it's been around for a while. 
mean, China has like full page ads in every issue of the New York Times. Yeah. Marion Hospital didn't look like Epstein to me, Alex. You've seen the photo. Was that Epstein? I've been sued over the photo, actually. We just showed Whoa. it on air and I got sued by the guy that took it. Yeah, they don't want us talking about it. So continuing on with the New York Post, Epstein, and this one uh, ties right back into that Matthew Buddha video where he d went in deep on the whole In-N-Out Burger thing. This is the weirdest New York Post uh, story that they kept following up on. Drew Murdoch, going back to Australia, he clearly has intelligence ties to the Crown. Well, and he was uh, implicated in the United Kingdom in a phone hacking scandal, which sounds a lot more like espionage than journalism to me. But he's photographed with Ghislaine Maxwell. His New York Post is essentially the clearinghouse for information about Jeffrey Epstein and his death, the whereabouts so are you, of are Ghislaine Maxwell. So you're implying at the heart of this is a British intel op? I can't say for sure, Alex, but I think they're involved. I think all of these intelligence agencies are a big club, and it supersedes nations, you know? Well, it's, that, it's they're the very incestuous. Yes, that's right. They act as one giant unit, and they're acting against us. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about the law. They just care about power, control, and the money they need to do it. So here we see Maxwell with Rupert Murdoch, and she's also been featured in the New York Post. This obviously retouched photograph connected to a false story. I've spoken to the woman who took the photograph, as indicated by the EXIF data on the JPEG image on the NewYorkPost.com. So it's a real photo. Well, it's a retouched photo, and the story is false based on you So know, you're saying that the location's right, but the, sh the photo's been retouched? I don't know. I called In-N-Out Burger to ask them if they would turn over their closed-circuit TV footage to the FBI on the day that Ghislaine Maxwell was allegedly there. Sure, so we but what about her? Exactly. We, okay, the photo's staged then. The, 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 the book tells us what's... <laughs> I need to ISO that. The, 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 the book tells us what the real <laughs> message is. <laughs> That's what like I think. Foot. I think that, you know, she's reading this book called The Book of Honor, The Secret Lives of the CIA. When you go to Amazon.com, the first review is from Ghislaine Maxwell. And I believe that's a steganographic message for someone through the New York Post, through Amazon.com. Well, obviously, it's like when you kidnap somebody holding up the newspaper day. Right. She, they're saying, right. hey, we're spies that have lost our lives in war. You better watch out. There's something. I don't know what the message means, but I feel like it's a message. When I questioned the New York Post journalists, when I questioned Leah Safian, they acted very strange. When I brought this up to Alan Dershowitz, he said it was a conspiracy theory. He got super angry and he hung up the phone. He, he lost his <laughs> so, mind practically. Now, this one takes the cake for me. And I remember seeing this uh, shortly after Epstein, quote unquote, died, allegedly died. Um, this one was in the New York Post a couple different times. And this one, I remember thinking it was weird at the time, but I did not really look into it other than seeing it as a meme on Twitter. Just even just in that clip, Alex, I mean, this is a man who is very experienced in interrogating people, cross-examining people. And when you're in court, there he is He looks a like a deer in the headlights when you bring up Ghislaine Maxwell. Exactly. And he won't let me finish a sentence i'm trying to fill him in on the details but he's just interrupting me and preventing me from sharing the details and he calls it a conspiracy theory but i'm describing to him evidence of a conspiracy i spoke to three different people who refused to answer pertinent questions about obviously incorrect things in the new york post i should also mention just a month prior the new york post ran a story about somebody who found an in-and-out burger on the street in queens now mind you the closest in-and-out burger is in texas <laughs> okay that one for me takes the cake so because i remember this i didn't it's realize just how... uh, it's just an expansion 
I did not They're realize standing it. out like five states <laughs> over. Yeah, I didn't realize how far away In and Out Burger was when I saw this. But yeah, the closest ones in Texas, Texas, and in Queens, New York. New York Post does a story <laughs> about an In and Out Burger being found on the ra- on the ground in Queens, and they got pictured every and everything. If that's not a planted story, as a messaging and a code for somebody, I mean, I don't know what is. Wait, so the story was written as a message or with a hidden message. Like like Ghislaine Maxwell at the In N Out Burger with the CIA book in her hand that's apparently a retouched photo. Uh, New York Post says like and while the FBI says they can't find Maxwell, a picture emerges from the New York Post of her at an In N Out Burger holding a book about CIA agents getting killed. And what, then what what story was the picture of her focus or featured in and what what was the point of that? story it was a new york post says like oh here's a picture of Ghislaine maxwell basically it was like because nobody can find out where she is the fbi says they don't know where she is this oh. is right after epstein died so they allegedly just posted died. a picture of her just just okay. yeah but then two but then they have this whole new york post story that they followed up on one or two more times about how an in and out burger was found in queens when the closest one is in texas just on the ground that is a planted story that's a message for somebody if i've ever seen one because- a picture it's all code. Yeah, it's a picture of an In-N-Out burger, and they said, like, New York Post did this whole article about, like, oh, nobody knows how it happened, but an In-N-Out burger's found on the ground in Queens, and it's, like, in perfect condition, just sitting on the road when they have a picture of it. And this is, this is right after the Ghislaine Maxwell thing. Around the same time. It was right after Epstein's death. Uh, one was, it was probably, afterwards, right? I think one was the original burger article about it being found on the ground in Queens, if I'm remembering right, was before the Maxwell picture. And then they did a follow-up story on it after the Maxwell picture. But notice, like, like Epstein's only picture after he died, him on the gurney, all these stories are coming out of the New York Post. Every single one. Well, that kind of leads me to believe that the New York Post might be just making some of this up. Like you said, the retouched photo and all this stuff, it might be a tactic well, to try might. to get people to read the New York Post or to be like to give it credence. Maybe, but then they get like they get like uh, scoops that are real a lot of times. You might that is a that is possible. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I'm yeah, not well, saying what kind of code are they putting the in? Other. But the, the the problem, if they were doing that, if they were just faking like stories like that, um, I don't know. It seems like th- like nobody questioned the realness of that. Nobody in a legitimate journal like legitimate journalism, quote unquote, mainstream, questioned that picture of Epstein. Nobody in legitimate journalism, quote unquote, said that's a retouched photo of Ghislaine Maxwell. They all like took that as gospel when the New York Post said it. Um, and and then the the one that really seems like just a fake story that they planted, not as to get clicks, but to um, send a message was the burger being found in Queens. That one is like the and, most. And that's like, why I asked. That's why I asked if the but burger being found in Queens became before or after, because if it came after, that could totally have just been a planted story to try to keep momentum going from the original uh, in and out Ghislaine Maxwell story. But at the time, nobody that I saw, even in the heavy conspiracy realm, was connecting the in and out burger to anything. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, okay. they wouldn't do that to, to connect the two. What, what I'm asking is what kind of message are they trying to communicate by doing an entire story about a, a just a burger being found in New York when the chain is, you know, states away? Would, Somebody could have, I mean, I guess fucking frozen a burger and then, you know, I don't know. Well, they, but, but, why, but what, what kind of hidden message are they trying to communicate through a story like this that they could have just, they couldn't have just communicated some other way? Well, it's because, first of all, when you're in intelligence, especially after what we've seen with Strzok and Page and the you know, insurance plan, 
people in this level of intelligence are, and it's the same reason Snowden uh, was likely a CIA agent because the CIA does not like the NSA being able to read all their calls. They this people doing this kind of illegal stuff. They have they have preset codes, just like any anybody that's like operating. Um, they'll have they'll have code messages. They can't be texting or calling each other about this stuff. Like that signal, who knows what the signal was, but it was definitely a signal, in my opinion, to somebody to either do something or, you know, like you see the New York Post article about the In-N-Out Burger being in Queens. Maybe that's, hey, pick me up here. Uh, we're trying to e extract Epstein out to get him to one of these islands. Like this is the meat spot. Like you already have this code that you know what that it's means a, when you see the burger. Well, why would they need a story to, to try to communicate? Yeah, to publish a story to, and as a it's not a reliable way of transferring or communicating a, you know, a message. It's, it's better if it's you cannot so use even open. like you could literally you do a carrier pigeon. That would be better than putting it in a newspaper. Right. Well, no because clearly none of us know what the message meant if it was a message. It's a um if you have a, an intelligence operation that is operating in a highly illegal capacity and you already have the DOJ uh, indicting the head the headmaster of it the uh, the Epstein you have to have contingency plans in place that don't involve you contacting each other on the phone at all period but I mean there's there's still other communication methods that are better it's better yeah. than publishing a story I mean the only thing I'm I'm thinking that could be a message is that there's some sort of a like you were saying earlier with the in and out, you know, underscore thing on Twitter that there's a hidden in plain sight pedophile or, or child sex trafficking type subculture. And what this is, is a uh, they, they all know they about these certain symbols, right? Like they, they, they have certain symbols and certain signals to communicate to each other about certain things without getting caught. So it could have been some sort of a signal like, hey, uh, there's an operation going on in this area in New York. Check it out if you're in that area. I don't know. And, I don't fucking know. And just to be clear, the In-N-Out Burger might not be involved at all except being used. Like, you know, if somebody was doing shady stuff and using McDonald's as like a a symbol or something that doesn't mean McDonald's is involved. Yeah, the, the corporation yeah, like, be involved. Like a but... meth dealer's like, hey guys, I'm going to be at McDonald's all day. Right. He's just hanging out in the parking lot. Like that kind of thing. It's like McDonald's has nothing to do with it, but the dude's hanging out there, so he sends a signal to all the people that want to, you know, come get some, in quote, McDonald's from him to come there. Exactly. Okay, Completely so... innocuous according to the company. Yeah. Moving along with that. Clip. Post ran a story about somebody who found an In-N-Out Burger on the street in Queens. Now, mind you, the closest In-N-Out Burger is in Texas. This one allegedly came from San Diego by plane and landed on the ground in Queens. Now, from my previous career in Hollywood, I have a lot of friends who work in commercial television and stuff. Spoke to a friend of mine who's a professional food stylist, and she said there's no way that you could drop a hamburger even from waist height and have it land on the street and look that good. Somebody got the paper from In-N-Out Burger, made a hamburger in Queens, and put that there. So they followed up two times on this story about the hamburger. First, they said, oh, uh, the uh, you know some executive from In-N-Out Burger says, we have no idea how that got there. And then the second follow-up was a 16-year-old girl who said she dropped it out of her backpack. So they have two follow-up stories on a Sure, so there's throwaway. a psyop. It was a message. What do you think the message was? It's hard for me to say, but when I try to get to it, everybody I ask acts super twitchy and blinky and doesn't want to well, here's answer the deal. questions. Look, look, they wanted to compromise major scientists, so they had them sex with underage girls and got them compromised. And the question is, why did it all unravel? Why did the Trump selection cause all this to unravel? 
Well, I hope it is because Trump is making a concerted effort to drain the swamp. I'm very concerned about William Barr, particularly his recent statements that he doesn't think the John Durham investigation at this point is going to lead to criminal investigation of Joe Biden or Barack Obama. Okay, so getting we're kind of bouncing back and forth between Epstein and the um, Gates and Fauci thing. But do you guys know about the Clinton blood scandal where they knowingly worked with Bayer and... Um, we're giving, taking bloods from prisoners and giving it to all these uh, people and gave them like hepatitis, AIDS, uh, HIV and stuff. What for? What was the purpose? Uh, well, they, um, th- um, it's kind of like when, you know, for money, just like when uh, GlaxoSmithKline or, uh, and Merck, actually no, it was Merck in this case, made that headache pill that RFK Jr. was talking about. They knew it caused heart attacks, but they told everybody that it didn't and hundreds of thousands of people died. Um, it's like for money. So if you can get like shitty cheap blood from prisoners and then sell it, it's not like they're necessarily trying to get people sick. But So this could have just been negligence. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was the Clinton blood scandal and then Fauci during the 80s with the whole HIV crisis. He mishandled that and had patents and made a bunch of money and caused millions of deaths from HIV. If you listen to certain doctors that were working around him with the time, like, um, what's her name, uh, that worked with Fauci that they're saying is crazy now. Uh, can't remember her name. I need to link that in the show notes too. But anyway, yeah, Fauci and the Clintons and Epstein and Gates all, like, you don't really hear the conversation around it as much as you should, that they all are into, like, weird medical stuff. There's a lot of money in weird medical stuff, especially yeah. experimental medical stuff. All yeah, exactly. kinds of money. Plus, that's sure. the forefront of most technology. Right. Because, like, the only two things, like, medical necessity and war times are what push forward, like, technology the most. And that's and also where the most money is made. And <laughs> porn also. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why we have all the VR tech now. Yeah, that's that's why we got VHS and DVDs so quick, too. They were the oh, yeah. trailblazers on that. We know Nobody liked having to go into theaters, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was you weird. Got to look around and see a bunch of other dudes all sitting about six, six, seven seats apart, and everybody's hunkered over a little bit. You look to your left, and you see Pee Wee Herman, and you look to your right, and you see Ram Dass. <laughs> <laughs> you hear, ah, and over there, you hear, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, they both, they both got uh, seen in porno theaters. <laughs> really it's just yep. a thing to do back in the day <laughs> we know that the clintons were involved in a virus harvesting scandal taking blood from uh convicts in the arkansas prison system and then they sold that blood, clinton blood scandal. yeah this was around the same time as the iran contra with bush clinton and reagan right Connaught laboratories in canada lots of people got hepatitis and hiv but maybe they were trying to extract viruses from that blood. Oh, exactly. So the day could... after I had the doctor on that exposed it, they firebombed his facility in Little Rock and the Hemophiliac Whoa. Society in Canada. Holy cow. I didn't know about that. But I think that they've been researching you know, bio-warfare on the general public for a long time. And technologies like nanotech, these DNA bots that can deliver payloads to individual cells. So that is an area I want to look into a lot more for the next episode, especially with this article, Newsweek article about Gates and Fauci funding the Wuhan lab uh, gain of function coronavirus research after it was outlawed in the United States. Uh, A lot of questions that need answering.
as Gandalf would say. So I'm going to go to the library on my white horse and come back to y'all with some more information next episode. Sounds good. The library is the house of knowledge. So yeah, since we definitely spent the most time following up on Bill Gates part one and two, but that was like combined five hours of material, so there should be more follow-up on it. Finish off with a couple little Alex clips, and then I uh, got one more clip for you related to the apocalypse update, and we can call her a day. Sounds and Bill Gates doesn't worry about guns, because I fire projectiles of truth. <laughs> yeah. And the last thing I want is anything happen to Dershowitz. It's you, Dershowitz. <laughs> it's coming with that? your vaccine. <laughs> okay. I saw this one. Yes. yes. I projectiles the of whole, truth. It's like the you and the you, Dershowitz. Okay. And the last thing I want is anything happen to Dershowitz. It's you, Dershowitz. <laughs> That's good. That's coming you, with your vaccine telling me I will submit. You're assaulting me, asshole. You goddamn fucking piece of shit. All right, see, I told you I can't be on air now. <laughs> Did you delay that out? <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're on hundreds of television, TV, radio stations. It's a family show, after all. I may have to go off air right now. You're trying to attack me! <laughs> you think I'll take that? I'm sick of your crap! I have watched my friends and my family maimed and killed by your damn shots. But you're smart. Hitler came with bullets to kill people, so he killed him. You come with a bunch of medical crap and pink sweaters and white lab coats. But you can't ever shut your mouths. You're always talking out of the other side about how there's too many people and how you're going to control the masses. And now that you can't control us, you need to make us all retarded and have cancer. So with your hunchback, skexy ass, you feel good looking down from your pile of crap on us. Well, guess what? You're not dragging us down anywhere. It's going to be you. Dude, Alex is my canary in the coal mine on this stuff. I love hearing him just yell Jeez. at Bill Gates because it's like, I wish I could yell at Bill Gates like that and get away with it. Uh, this this <laughs> podcast is about all I can take of Alex Jones on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah Especially this, is my, this, this is my daily dose right here. This this episode specifically is pretty heavy on the AJ. <laughs> now you know what I'm talking about not doing the show because I just... <laughs> oh, man. I guess you guys won't have to worry about any AJ clips anymore. Oh, is he is he really gonna quit? <laughs> there was one really? episode where he got pissed off because the crew wouldn't put like this slide, like and he's like, We'll go to break, we'll have it for you. And then like they come back from break and the crew like tries to put it up and this like slide is still not available. And he's like, You know what? I'm quitting the show. And he just walks off and for like <laughs> for like ten minutes it's just dead air and then he comes back and he's like, Sorry, I blew up. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why I'm talking about not doing the show. Because I just cannot control myself and but you know what? The time for control is starting to go away, isn't it? Running your fat mouth, how you're going to grab me and take my kids to some facility and plunge. You didn't say, it will lovingly. No, I'm going to plunge a needle in your ass. <laughs> you're going to submit to me or I'm going to tie your ass up and get a bull whip out and bust your back open. That's the type of crap these people are talking about. You catch more Isn't flies that? with honey than you do with vinegar. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I heard anybody... Uh... Promise to tie us up and bullwhip us, but I'd probably rather be bullwhipped than have this experimental RNA COVID vaccine, to be honest. 
And with that you type of stuff, you're not going to exactly. catch anything except the end of your new world order. <laughs> I was hoping he would be like, you're not going to catch anything except these fists. Been better. He stands up, rips his shirt up, and goes, pop, pop, pop. Does some karate moves, like sweet karate moves, you know. And, and it's Couple catch shots. these hands. Yeah, you're right. That'd be better. Jack. <laughs> That's how you evil people always are. Jack. You always push it and push it and push it and push it. And then you always cry. When you get the horns. You just can't help it. Oh. Because you got a one-inch pecker. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, wow. And it's See, amazing. It's a family show, but I, I just... Because <laughs> you got a one-inch pecker. That's another ISO. That's another good Alex ISO. Oh, God. See, <laughs> it's a family show, but I, I just... The veneers... I. I I'm the opposite of an actor, folks. But I'm a nice guy, except when I'm on exactly an actor. I'm That's exactly sitting what here it is. looking at these people raping the hell out of us, raping our rights, our future, our money, our pensions, our health, our lives, and uh, and just demanding more and always grandstanding and how good they are and how much they love us and how we need to kiss their asses. Dude, he's bumping his mic right now worse than any of us ever do. You hear that? It's probably headbutting it. And really, you're just self-destructive, so you're demanding we stop you. That's the criminology. Alan Dershowitz wants to inject me with a deadly vaccine that some smiley-faced lunatic... Oh, I wonder who the smiley-faced lunatic he's talking about. Bill Gates. He shows a picture of Bill Gates when he says Oh. oh, I forgot. Alan Dershowitz and Bill Gates hang out at Jeffrey Epstein's house. It's the same group, and they got some Zorro sex cult super breeding clone facility out there in New Mexico. That is actually true. They talked about that on Rogan. What? Uh, there's like this crazy, like, um, <clears throat> Epstein owned this crazy research lab in New Mexico. Uh, I think the FBI seized control of it. We never really found what was in there, but the rumors were like, it was a it was definitely genetic engineering experiments, um, and certain people say I'd have to look at this. Will be something we can revisit, but yeah, it was uh, genetically modifying like human DNA and supposedly cloning. Um, very weird shit. Epstein was had his fingers in AI, um, all kinds of research, um, uh, like Neuralink type stuff that Elon Musk is into, life extension technology, uh, all kinds of shit. Mm. And I get you're a bunch of rich, crazy people that think you're God. But I'm just telling you, son, keep your damn hands off me. Oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you what I'd name these clips. It was Alex is pissed one, two, and three. So now we got Alex is pissed three. God. But they already pioneered the Gates Foundation, GMO, and Monsanto. And they pioneered forced inoculation. They're just, oh, we just need to put this in your body right now. I'm going to behave myself because I, I, I want to get into the Secret Service thing. I want to get into the huge uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. keeps getting attacked. It's not real. He's not a real patriot. We, no, he, he was real, but he was scared. Now he's real. You know, they've been killing a bunch of his family, by the way. Oh, he's real. He's real. He's real. He's real. He's real. He's real. 
He's real, and you don't like I that either. I thought he was a fake guy. I thought he was just a cardboard cutout and put a little microphone behind his mouth, and they would just play a recording. No, but now Robert, I know he's a real boy. Robert Kennedy Jr. is real. He's real. He's real. And you don't like that either. <laughs> Are we about done with that's a good episode? That's a good like, ISO right what there. Is, what is this? What is happening right now? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? So this is this is all all these Alex clips ex, um, have been from the same episode. Um, oh, so this is the last one, and this is when it, this is by the end of the broadcast. He's just about if you think he lost it now, he just doesn't give a shit. He's just like he keeps saying it's a family show, but now he's just like you know, screw it. How would you do this? Would you get in one of those little tables and bump around? So he's playing this Fox News clip where there's this bar where everybody has these in like giant like tables with like three feet on either side with rubber where like you're walking the tables on wheels. You stand in the middle of the table and it's to help everybody social distance and they like bounce off each other. Oh, I've seen the pictures of that. Yeah. Yeah. How would you do this? Would you get in one of those little tables and bump around? Absolutely. When when I first saw this, I'm like, we've needed these for years. Come on, you're at a bar, you've had a few too many, you're a little wobbly. These drinking tubes are going to save lives. It's perfect. You just bounce off your friend. And then, then I started thinking, where have I seen these before? These look familiar. And they look like those little toddler walkers. You know when you have an infant that doesn't know how to walk yet? You just, you just yeah. plop them in one of those things. That's what I'm out. That's what I'm like. I, I haven't thought that. of it this way. Oh, absolutely. All it needs I is a I haven't thought of it that way. I just don't know how do you get out from under it after Okay, after, folks, when you're this is not satire. This is not a joke. On Fox News, they're promoting a bar called Fishtails in Maryland where you wear a giant size inner tube around you. So that you don't bump into other people as part of the social distancing. This is a giant Stockholm Syndrome, Milgram experiment, Stanford prison experiment. <laughs> so it, feel, it feels like that. It feels like a cultural experiment. On a, yeah, like, I, I, that's what Dvorak's theory is, is. This is all big one big test um, to see which people are sheep and which people are independent thinkers. But Alex is a, a little off the rails with this comparison to the... I mean... It, Oh, on a general sense, I agree. This is way bigger than the Stanford prison experiment. But his comparison of this one bar is like acting like this bar is evil. Now he's just like mad about everything. <laughs> yeah, it seems kind of gimmicky too. You know, like the bar is just like, you know what? It'd probably be pretty funny if we just throw inner tubes on all these drunk people, let them hit each other. Yeah, and your table's always with you when you're walking around. That sounds fun. It's like bumper cars. Um, yeah, that sounds like a gimmick. It sounds like something I would try once or twice, but I mean, it's not going to like Spilling drinks constantly. The the one that's really dumb, though, is like everybody having the three-foot noodles in four directions, like the pool noodles off their heads that a lot of bars are doing. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's that, dumb that, as hell. Yeah, the, the inner tube one I'm not as upset about. Stanford prison experiment. This is pure evil. So Communist China a month ago had kids wearing styrofoam noodles on their heads. We're like, oh, look at the Chinese communist. And now this is what goes on in America. And now in Europe, public humiliation cafe makes customers wear stupid hats to enforce social distancing. Well, 
They're not calling it fishtails anymore. They're calling it dumb fucks for the dumbest fucking people on earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What? Okay, that's that's all the. That's you all listen to this guy every day, Chris. Do you just <laughs> do you, you listen to him all the time? I, I can't believe anybody listens to him. I can't believe it. I just can't. I I. This is all I can handle, man. It depends. Yeah, this, what, I'm already done with it. It depends what what's going on in the news. Um, usually it's like a once a week thing. And lately it's been just so I can find good clips. And I listened to the whole episode and I got a whole bunch of good clips. Honestly, like the longer I listen to Alex Jones just prattle on, my brain just feels like it starts to melt out my ears. I feel like I get high off of his. Like, just this. Yeah, but it's like the dumbest high in the world. It's just like if you're trying like to get feel yourself like, getting dumber. Oh. If, if, you're, if you're trying to get good um, data, usually it depends. If he, like he'll have incredible guests on like Bill Benny, the NSA whistleblower, like, you know, um, all, like all kinds of doctor scientists that nobody else will have on. Uh, so if you're looking to get good data to jump off from, it's like a good like hub to have good interviews. But the problem is Alex just interrupts the shit out of his guests. Almost always. Constantly. Yeah. That's the main. So it's like, even when there's a great guest on, it's like you find good guests, but like good luck actually letting them finish more than a paragraph before Alex goes like, Oh yeah. Which, right. Yeah. Right, dude. If I was a straight laced, yeah. like white collar, like uh, type of person who went around on talk shows and shit, and was you know serious most of the time, and then Alex Jones invited me on, and I agreed to go on to his show. I mean, I would, I would specifically act completely and totally out of character and just start screaming with him and slamming the desk and like getting up and like knocking shit That's off what... the table, like, and then just act completely normal in every other interview. You know, what I'm saying, like, Ho tip Jesus. <laughs> I mean, Ricky Berwick kind of did that on there, but Hotep Jesus with that, he was like, asked Alex to scream with him, and for like three straight minutes, they both just put their fists in there and went, ah! Ah! and it was like, that's all they did. Hotep I would probably, Jesus. If I ever went on there, I would probably just sit there and be as calm as I could and just try to say things to him to inflame him and see if I could get him to the point where his face just went like completely red and he just turned into <laughs> an actual tomato. That's why Jason Goodman's tactics are, while not near as entertaining as Alex's and way less entertainment value, there's a reason Jason Goodman got Alan Dershowitz to sit down and talk to him for 40 minutes. Alex, I like that guy. Yeah, yeah. Goodman is a good, like, he can actually get somebody like Dershowitz, Epstein's lawyer, to talk. Alex would never in a million years get Dershowitz to talk about those kind of things. Yeah, okay. Uh, but okay, so that wraps up the Bill Gates episode and kind of sets us up to all do future research on this whole pandemic thing and maybe right how time. Fauci and everything. So last clip of the day. This is also the last recap. This is uh, now after this one, we've recapped all the episodes. We've at least given a brief update. So for the apocalypse episode, I have a book of revelations update. And I think Caleb already heard this one, but um, as far as book of revelations goes, this is uh current events and it ties in to the whole book of revelations the world health organization recommended forcibly removing family members from their homes and putting them in quarantine oh by the way i'm gonna have links to articles and house resolution bills uh in the show notes that back this up 
Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. Queen Elizabeth seemed to be echoing this idea to the UK. It reminds me of the very first broadcast I made in 1940, helped by my sister. We as children spoke from here at Windsor to children who had been evacuated from their homes and sent away for their own safety. Today, once again, many will feel a painful sense of separation from their loved ones. But now as then, we know deep down that it is the right thing to do. Bill Gates has been pushing the idea of tracking people with digital tattoos and Microsoft was recently granted patent number 060606 for a cryptocurrency surveillance system connected to the human body. Now enter HR 6666 to authorize the Secretary of Health and Human Services to award grants to eligible entities to conduct diagnostic testing for COVID-19 and related activities such as contact tracing through mobile health units and as necessary at individuals' residences and for other purposes. On May 1st of 2020, Illinois Congressman Bobby Rush introduced H.R. 6666. This act is essentially setting up a nationwide contact tracing and quarantine program run by Big Pharma. Section 2, COVID-19 testing and contact tracing using mobile health units will allow Bill Gates loyalist Alex Azar and the CDC to fund eligible entities to conduct tests, trace and monitor the contacts of infected individuals, and to support the quarantine of these contacts via mobile health units. Who are the eligible entities qualified to receive this funding? Health centers, nonprofit organizations, high schools, and anyone else that Alex Azar deems eligible. The amount of taxpayer dollars being asked for to trace the public and force quarantines is $100 billion for 2020 alone, and whatever may be necessary as long as the emergency period continues. It was all, all poop water. <laughs> so, okay. Occam's razor, right, says that, kind of going back to like what we talked about with the um, Faustian deal, people saying they sold their souls, or Jay-Z putting 666 kill Jesus or murder Jesus backwards in his songs. Alchem's Razor says it's a troll, right? <clears throat> so if you could look at it, the book of Revelations is the prophecy is being fulfilled, Mark of the Beast 666, or you could look at it as somebody like Bill Gates got the idea from this and was like, let's just see if we can make it 666, which Caleb, I think is what you said. That's the Occam's Razor likely uh, yeah. explanation. Yeah, basically, it's just like, I mean, I look at it like it's probably... Either, I mean, like you said, like 90% of the stuff on his videos are like all negative. All of the, like, it, it, I don't think it's uh, hidden from Mr. Gates that a lot of people don't appreciate him. So I, I could totally see him doing something like making the bill that number on purpose just to inflame people. Yeah, and you have to have a lot of pull because normally you don't get to pick what patent number you have when you file for a patent. Yeah. Um, that is a, I don't know how you would go about picking the number your patent has. 
Uh, and and he did pick that. Well, it's not a coincidence. I'll tell you that. If it is, that is the one of that has got to be the that's craziest a, that's coincidence. A good question, though, no, I don't know if he actually picked that or if that was a selected number or if it was just. If it was, it could, it could be a fucking coincidence. That's the thing is that this, you know, I mean, sometimes synchronicity, man. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I don't, I, that would be an insane, that's beyond random number theory. That is an outlandish coincidence that like this moment he comes up with a, a tracking system to implant in people's bodies that it happens to be zero six, zero six, zero six. Um, and I maybe he didn't make the call on that. That could have been anybody. Maybe it was the person at the patent office doesn't like Bill Gates and doesn't like what he's doing. And they pick, they somehow pulled that string. But the idea or that it just happened to be the Gates Foundation or like that works for Bill Gates, who's like real like into like Internet culture or something like that, knows that people don't like him or like huh, it would be really funny if you picked this number for it. Yeah. And then had some pool. But I guess the number, the patent number and the H.R. 6666 bill number, the number is less important than what the bill does. Um, like the Patriot Act's name didn't really matter. It was what was written in law. So, yeah. but yeah, it is, it is, uh, like, so yeah, we'll, we'll also like apocalypse part two, we'll come back with CERN and book of revelations. But, um, as for me, I'm going to be diving deep into this whole Fauci Gates Epstein pandemic thing. So I feel like I've got enough jumping off points to start doing research. Get on the duck, duck, go. There you go. There you duck, duck, go. Oh, boy. Oh, I'll take that. Uh, well, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> I feel updated. Yep, we will. Uh, we've updated a little bit, at least, on all the previous episodes. And now we um, can go get Taco Bell. That sounds amazing. Ooh, Taco Bell. Oh. So I'm probably going to eat a hot dog. What are you putting Ooh. on your hot dog? Uh, probably cheese. Chili? Maybe That's mustard. It. It's cheese. No, I don't have any chili. If I had chili, I'd put some cheese and some chili. No ketchup? I don't. We don't have any ketchup. We ran out. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Normally, it would be ketchup. But we're out. Interesting. Well, that's that's today's update. That's today's episode, guys. <laughs> updated. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been Abs in a Six Pack. We updated it like a six pack. We updated it like Windows, and it took almost as long as a Windows update too. Almost. Keyword. <laughs> All right. Peace.